0: Right. Can you Should you see, Can you like tap your mic for a second?
1: Okay.
0: Alright,
1: now talk? Scout One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, benji, nine, ten. Can you do it in Hungarian, Hungarian? please?
2: Is that <laughs> what Hungarian is? I
1: don't know. I just tried to sound like Japanese and Chinese together. Is Hungary between China and Japan? No. <laughs> it's in Europe. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? <laughs> Mongolian. <laughs> I was way off. I
0: hope that our levels are at a place where this can be our lead-in because that's is great. Um...
1: <laughs> is that on your... No. <laughs> By the way,
2: it was racist for the wrong I group. Was they pretty racist.
1: <laughs> it was. It was multiple levels of racism there. Like, first of all, I got the the complete wrong country,
0: wrong continent, even
1: and the wrong continent.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: I think we might be golden Solid. did you do the latest iPhone update? There's a new iPhone update. yeah, it's like there's a fe- You good yeah there's there's a feature on it where like if you tap phones to each other, it, p- it passes your information to them. I turned that feature off because so it, it was dangerous. I
0: know my watch was like literally today for the first time, I got a thing on my watch that was like. Showing a, an image of a watch touching another watch, that I don't know if it was because ours were in the same room. it's it's like it wants our watches to kiss. <laughs> and then we hey, could you d- can you want to touch get,
1: Like diseases? Or... You want
0: to touch? You want to touch watches with your buddy? <laughs>
1: oh. I have your info now. Oh no! And the info of everyone else's watch you've ever touched. And every disease that I get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh gosh! All right. So um, are, we, are we in it? Oh, hold on. We, we need to cut okay. it down. Oh yeah, that's right. So hold on, we need to make sure our. our levels... Are you going to do three oh, levels? Okay.
0: No, no, that's how we do our levels, right? I don't know. Um, okay,
1: you do three. I do two. Um. Three, two, one, go.
0: I'll do three. I'll do two, and then you also do one. Ooh, that's a change up. And then I'll do go. Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, go. Hi, I'm Benji. And I'm David. And we're best friends from college who enjoy hanging out and talking about stuff.
1: So we're going to do that, and hopefully you enjoy listening to it. This is the CC Podcast.
2: You guys are dumb.
1: Welcome to the CC Podcast. It is great to be back. I'm David Chesworth. I'm, I'm Benji Kate. And we did the CC backwards. Typically, Benji's the first C, and I'm the second C. Alphabetical. That's right. It's
0: not because I'm better. I am.
1: Yeah.
0: But that's, that's not the not reason. Why we, that's not why we do it that way. It just happened that way. It just. It was a coincidence. It was a happy accident. <laughs> um, it is great to be. We, we've got a holiday theme thing going on. We do. For all of the people who should not be listening at home. Yeah. What are you what doing, are, doing if you're listening? You're, nonsense. Nonsense for you to even be here. But for the for, for the... our moms who are. and oh,
1: David. Okay. I think we're good. Five,
0: 30 seconds. Thirty seconds into the not podcast, even 30 seconds. we second, we're gonna go on a touch the touch the stand, not the microphone. If you need to adjust it, policy. Got it.
1: Okay, I think it's gonna last.
0: I'm gonna probably make the same mistake at some point today, and it'll be fine. Okay, I will do that. How How have you been? How
1: have your holidays
0: been treating I've been you so good, far?
1: Man. I feel it's been too long since our last podcast. It sure
0: has, but you it know sure we has. we made it. We're here. Should we Should we put, peek behind the curtain?
1: Yeah. We
0: We recorded, but did not upload a podcast. Because we had technical difficulties, and they were discouraging. Yes, we were a little demotivated after we were, that. We were, yeah, it was a little bit of a buzzkill of a podcast, so we kind of took some time off. It reminds me a little bit, Um, I have I have a strong recollection as a kid of playing Pokemon, I want to say red. I'm okay. going to say Pokemon, I'm going to definitively say it was Pokemon Red. I no one will know if you're lying. And no one will know if I'm lying, but it was either red or yellow. It's it was a good Christmas tree. I think it was red. Little I'm little looking little around, red. I'm seeing red everywhere. Yeah. Um. And you know how there's, you know how there's the exactly there's the um, cave where you have to use flash, or if you don't use flash, you just like walk around blind through the cave. I think it's called like rock tunnel or something like that. Got it. Anyway, I used, I did not use flash, and I just blind made my way through that tunnel, and I made it through, and I did not save, and shortly after completing said tu- said tunnel going through all these battles and uh finding all these uh ladders and whatnot. My Game Boy ran out of battery and started me back right in front of the cave and I, I did not continue the game. <laughs> <What> a- <laughs> I was demotivated, I was completely
1: demoralized. Whatever relatable I feel like anyone who grew up playing video games had that experience at least one time where they like I can't even give you a specific example, but I have that feeling from like many different examples where I accomplished a difficult bonus level or challenge or whatever I was supposed to complete and I either forgot to save it or it didn't save or the power went out, whatever, Mm. and then I had to do it again.
0: And and I don't at that point that's where I quit a game. Yes, right. (laughs) It's enough to totally get me to stop playing whatever game I'm playing. Yeah, because it's it's like I don't want to. Or at least make me stop for a long time. Yeah. And you know what? That's what we did. We took like a. It ended up being about a
1: one month refresh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. From that of being like, all right. And in our defense, and just to add to it, in our defense, we were we both came into that that podcast low energy, tired. I think I was coming out of a sickness. You were going into one. and coincidence you know, coincidence yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> who knows and uh, and i think you know and this is this all sounds like excuses but work got pretty busy for both of us we both got very you know other things came up yes absolutely and um it, so that being said i think the root of it was the discouragement of the podcast cuz i think if we came out of that one excited we would have done another one in spite of all those other challenges
0: so mom and dad yeah. that's
1: why we haven't been recording podcasts lately <laughs> For our only listeners out there. <laughs>
0: love that we're, we're really explaining ourselves. Exactly. And uh, I feel like no explanation was, was at all needed. That's true. But it is our, um, we are back. It is our holiday Cheers, episode. Cheers. Cheers to you. Great to, you. Great to see you. Great to be here. Likewise. for the holidays. You know what? I love the holiday season. Yeah, me
1: too.
0: Happy Little Lights. Okay. I found out. So David is wearing this wonderful um, shirt with Santa's all over it. And I walked in today uh, and saw him wearing that shirt, and I was like, David, I have that exact same shirt. And we we talked through where the shirts were purchased, and we literally have. We we own the exact same tacky, short sleeve (laughs) button-up, Santa suit. Or Santa suit. Santa, Is it still uh, tacky if one of the
1: buttons is undone? (laughs) Slightly less tacky,
0: right? It went from tacky to sexy very quickly, (laughs) man. (laughs) But yours is navy blue. Mine is navy blue. And mine is, like, evergreen. But if I, I thought very hard about potentially wearing that shirt. Um and thankfully it was in the dirty clothes, which is why i we didn't wear it. We would have awkwardly matched a little too much. And and all and our viewer would have been like what <laughs> did viewer. they plan this did they or um, listener?
1: Um <laughs> and thankfully it uh, it all worked out. I um <laughs> I'm I'm still okay. I, I think that even even if and this is a big if we get a big following. Mm-hmm. I think we will always say our viewer. You know, Our I think viewer. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, nobody is listening. That's how we're talking.
0: And, and in case this is your first time listening to us, um, our whole podcast, the whole purpose of the podcast is David and I are best friends from college and we tend to sit on the couch and talk about stupid things, whether they're movies or video games or music or whatever. We have these long conversations um, that aren't deep. They're just like... right. What what our opinions are on things, and so we're having the conversations that we would be having regardless, right? We just decided we're going to have these conversations with a microphone and a camera and put them out into the ether. Yep. And if anybody thinks that they're interesting to listen to while they wash their dishes or whatever,
1: um, then they can they can enjoy. By the way, before you pull a topic out of that hat, sure. I do have a question for you mm-hmm. uh, because we've got Christmas lights up here. I probably have an answer. Okay. I think no you... promises. Okay. I'm going to predict that you will. You typically have answers to stuff like this okay so for a christmas tree oh christmas tree and this is a personal opinion question okay christmas yeah would do you prefer a christmas tree with the traditional yellow gold lights and then you know like people might refer to them as white lights but they're kind of like yellowy gold
0: oh okay you about.
1: like they just have that the traditional white lights and you decorate with ornaments or do you prefer a christmas tree with kind of like what we have here a mix of different colors and it is a this or that. Now, some trees have both. Would you prefer to have the colors or the traditional white gold? I I recently
0: made this choice. Okay. and And it is absolutely my answer, which is the multicolored little incandescent uh, Christmas lights are the way to go. I, I prefer them. And frankly, if I was going to do, like, some one thing colored and one thing, like, silver... Or you know, clear. I would prefer to do silver ornaments if I were going to just do like the orb ones. Silver ornaments reflecting the color of the Christmas lights, mm. um, rather than the other way around, having colorful ornaments and white lights. Um, I do understand that the white ones are maybe a little more classy looking, but very little about anything that I do is done with class being a, a chief <laughs> concern. I, I fun is above above classy for me every time. And I think that the multicolored lights are fun. The cl- the clear ones are classy, and if I had a super, you know, tastefully appointed and well-decorated home, maybe I would opt for those, but
1: I opt for the colorful ones.
0: How about you, David?
1: Well, so it's funny cuz I I actually lean your direction too, but my, my wife, she she prefers the classy. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have here. But, you know, I've I've thought more deeply about this this year specifically. And I think I even amongst the colors have a preference of the type of color. Like I like the colors the most if I were to like if if it's got a blue or a purple in it. I, I like that deep, cool accent thrown in. But if it's just red, oranges and yellows, and even greens, like I've seen that where there's no blue or purple, I think I would those aren't as exciting to me. Gotcha. So yeah. Um, the lights that we have around
0: us. Yeah, I'm looking and I'm seeing red, green, pink, blue, yellow, red, green, pink, blue, yeah. yellow, red. So green, I like pink, these blue ones. Blue. I
1: would I would like to see the blue a little bit darker, um. If I were to get nitpicky,
0: sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, recently, so yeah. I, I live in an apartment.
0: Yeah, and uh I decided that in the exterior area, right outside my apartment, there's like wooden uprights and a perfect setting to put outdoor kind of christmas lights and so i um i took i went and bought some garland kind of you know wreath material um in a strand and looped some of the thick um like the large exterior bulbs that are the multicolor. um i looped those you know bunting style down uh the exterior of my apartment and nobody has Nobody has vandalized, stolen, complained about them yet. But those, I love that that's the bar. Well, you know, i was a little concerned. I was like, you never know. Well, being Someone in an might... apartment complex is different than a house. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I could see, I could see maybe a an apartment manager, you know, putting something on my door, being like, "Hey, you're using our electricity to yeah. power these lights," or you know, like it's a... If I breached any sort of um, uh, contract that I signed, they have not brought it's that not to my attention. Yeah. And in fact, since I did that. Other people have put up these kind of Christmas lights um, Nice around, and so I'm hoping it's infectious. Hopefully the, the holiday spirit catches on around my apartment complex because it, it does make everything a little
1: happier you're, when you have the colors. You're spreading you the, the Christmas cheer for all to hear. Exactly, or, or at least see. Or C. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. you are a singer, so it wouldn't surprise me if people heard you singing too.
0: Maybe, maybe I need. Maybe you can join me. We'll go caroling around my apartment complex and see how <laughs> see how many times we get you cussed know, out. I, I wouldn't be opposed to going Christmas caroling with you this year. That would be fun. That would be fun. I would CC, be Christmas to. caroling. Yeah. CC, Christmas caroling.
1: Oh my puff, God! Puff, puff, puff. How did we, that just happen? Did we just get our first holiday like apparel idea, like hats and T-shirts merchandise? Christmas. We need, to ha- we need to start our own CC online Christmas store, but only things that are alliterations are that yes, have CC. CC. Christmas Carol. Coca Cola. Co- ooh. Chocolate cake. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Carrots and cucumbers. Yeah. 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 Really, options are quite limit. Quite limitless.
0: Absolutely. Um, we are snacking. If you hear a little, go ahead. Give them a set. Them up with a taste of that crunch.
1: There it is. I'm trying you try to lean away when I take a shot. I know that's what I've been doing
0: too. <laughs> like so that our so that our listener doesn't hate us. But um
1: wait, Benji, say something really important.
0: I discovered the secret to the moon landing. I I have opened up the classified documents. <laughs> the moon landing the mm-hmm. moon landing mm. one was yeah. it was mm. and, and, and and that's what happened. That's what happened with the moon landing. That's amazing. Wow. I know. I can't believe... I'm, I'm glad we got that recorded for everyone yeah, here. Joe Biden told me the other day. Like, believe it or not, it was crazy. You got the end, huh? I got the end. I got the foot in the door. Um,
1: do you want to get into topics? Let's get into topics. So, wait, actually, really quick, just to just to kind of cap off. Oh, yeah, sorry. sorry. So, since you're, I mean, it sounded like we were done, so no, no apologies needed. Um, this is just an additional thought. Because you're in music, and mm-hmm. and you were in Barbershop Quartet, you, you can appreciate, like, having the sopranos, the bass, the tenor, like... To round out and fill out all the sounds, right? Sure. Um, I think with the Christmas lights, I think the deep blues really rounds out the feeling that you get from a Christmas... Like, like if you look outside, I mean, the listeners and viewers can't see, but... Like, when you leave tonight, you'll see in my bush, like, a deep blue. Yeah. And I think it really rounds it. It kind of makes it feel like a dark, Christmassy, sparkly night. It's the alto of Christmas lights. Yes.
0: It's not going to be like... Like, obviously, the red and the green and the yellow, those are going to like pop. Totally. You know, those are your sopranos yes. and your bases. But the blue, you know, it, you would miss it if it weren't there.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You wouldn't. And, and I think when you see it side by side, like, there's a house down the street who, this is a huge pet peeve of Lucia's. Who, throw, that yeah, throw, that, throw that shade. Throw that shade at your neighbor. Yeah. Tell us, I will not everybody their address. The name. <laughs> but they, they have a bush where they have beautiful lights kind of like what we have with rounded out colors but uh, then it's clear that they ran out of those type and then they attached the type that d- that dropped the blues mm-hmm. and you can clearly see a side by side of it's really lacking when you drop the blue and it's even different shades of red and orange and yellow so that also is another variable of like okay that's a, that's like a bothersome view yeah you know so David's neighbors with the lights in the bushes hey if you're
0: listening <laughs> get some multicolored lights yeah with blue in it. Come on, you make that kind of money.
1: Go to Walmart.
0: <laughs> yeah, and
1: even Get some more so, lights, man. So for context, Benji, <laughs> in our neighborhood, some houses have single car garages, and are smaller square footage, and some houses have two car garages with bigger two car garage house. It's a two car garage house with oh, bigger square footage. Come on, I know. Get the blue freaking lights. Come man. on, man. Making our neighborhood
0: look bad. Exactly. <laughs> we can't have we can't have this nice neighborhood with a bush that only has half blue light coverage. <laughs> <laughs> they may as well have just gone classy all the way, like yeah. just the, yep, yellow yeah, yellow white, absolutely. And and look, I am I am fully aware that this color scheme is like a circus tent, like like it's. Oh yeah, I'm not saying
1: that we're we've got it nailed. In this I would room. never,
0: I would never like interior decorate with the color pet. Pa- well, I would, but like <laughs> you wouldn't. I would expect. Others. I would not expect a classy person or you know, um. Yeah, a self-respecting person to decorate with these on the long term. But for Christmas, they pop, they're fun. Right. I enjoy them. -hmm. So why not?
1: Why not? I'm right there with you.
0: All right. Oh, Oh, that's a fist bump. (laughs) I thought you were grabbing Doritos. Gotcha. Um, Oh, I don't know if I said we are... The the chomping that you're hearing that you heard while I was discussing my uh, moon landing epiphany was uh, we are eating Doritos. That's right. We always have a snack and a beverage. And And they're, they're flaming hot they are nacho those are hot hot doritos so sponsored stop, by doritos today sponsored by frito lay all right our first oh the rules of how we do things we we each every episode we put we each put five topics into a mm-hmm. into a hat Um, so I only know the five topics that I put in. Mm -hmm. You, you only know the five topics you put in. Correct. Um, we did not communicate about what our topics are going to be and who, uh, we take turns pulling them out. When you pull out a topic, you have to speak to it right away. And then we have a discussion, a conversation about that topic. Um, and today, most of the topics in the hat are holiday themed.
1: Yes. There's a couple that aren't, um, but. Almost all of them are holiday-themed so, topics. It's possible that everything we talk about today will be holiday. Very there's mild. A, a mild chance that something likely, will come
0: up. Likely. In there's fact. a likely chance, yeah. And
1: there's also probably an above-average chance that we will get
0: a duplicate, um, because there's only so many holiday topics. If that happens, we'll just yeah. throw, out, throw it out and go to the next one. Fair enough. All right. Okay. I'll go ahead and start. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Our first topic. Oh, is not a holiday one. This is my non-holiday one. Oh, interesting. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. discuss. So, I'm I'm a big fan of the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory Which version. Well, I, I'm I, I like them both. However, the the Gene Wilder one is I mean that's got a, a strong place in my heart. Definitely watched that movie a lot mm-hmm. um, growing up, and you know. I don't think I super appreciated it in my youth. You know how, like, when you watch a movie a bunch of times as a kid, there are certain things that stick with you, but then once you watch it again as an adult, you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I kind of get the whole essence of this movie. I remember, like, sorry, I, we're totally jumping, but, like, I watched the movie Mrs. Doubtfire all the time as a little kid. <laughs> and, and, you know, like... When I was a kid, I thought it was hilarious. Robin Williams running around dressed like an old lady, the little like slapstick bits and whatnot, always always resonated with me. And then it wasn't till like I was an adult watching it that it's like, oh, this is about a man who's trying to get his kids back. <laughs> like, that's what this movie's actually about. And and though there's not a, like, I, though I don't think there's like a deeper meaning um, behind Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Watching it as an adult. You definitely get more of an appreciation for Gene Wilder's performance. Um, I watched it, and I just kind of thought of him as, like, if SpongeBob ran a ran a chocolate factory, or, or you know, some kind of a cartoon character. Right. You you almost, if you think of him as a human, he is a little dark and creepy. But if you think of, if you watch that movie and just think of him as, like, a, car, a zany cartoon He's a mystical creature. just a mystical creature, it is awesome. Yeah. Um, and I love all of his puns and the silliness. Now, there's a lot of things, if you watch the movie, that you're like, they're all licking that same wallpaper um, that who knows how many Oompa Loompas have licked. <laughs> um, I imagine Willy Wonka comes in and licks a snozberry off of that wallpaper every time he walks by it. And um, I, I question what their disinfecting pro- processes are augustus falls in the river and they don't drain the river even though willy wonka just said that the chocolate shouldn't be touched by human hands and then you got a little fat kid swimming around in it and whatever that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a lot of problems with it but i love the original willy wonka and the chocolate factory but we do have to talk about um were you as traumatized as a kid by the tunnel the boat scene where they go through the tunnel and he seems there's no earthly way of knowing Which, do do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, it's been a while since I've watched it, uh, candidly.
0: So, to those of you listening at home, if you aren't familiar, there is a scene where on that chocolate river that Augustus Gloop um, almost drowns in, uh, they get onto a a ferry-style boat, Mm -hmm. and they start going into this dark tunnel, and just out of nowhere, the movie becomes like a weird, disturbing horror movie, (laughs) like... Like, it's just disturbing. (laughs) Just 30 seconds of disturbing imagery. That is all that that happens during this tunnel. And then they close up on um, on Willy Wonka's face, on Gene Gene Wilder's face, and it's just got these flashing colored lights as though you're going through a tunnel, right? Like, dark, and then red, dark, red, dark, red, dark, red, dark, red. And he sings this,
2: There's no earthly way of knowing which
0: direction we are going or which way the wind is blowing. And it's just creepy, and there's like... centipede running along a man's face and it's not anybody that we know it's just like disturbing imagery are we all tripping on acid right now it seems like you're (laughs) in a horrific acid trip and as a kid i had to just like not watch that part or fast forward because it is it was disturbing frightening, frightening and disturbing and if anybody is listening at home that is familiar with the movie they probably know exactly what i'm talking about and they probably also fast forwarded through it because it was just, it was uh, messed up. Also, I, I actually watched this movie somewhat recently because there is that new Wonka movie coming out, which I'm,
1: or out now, I think. Um, is that what the guy from the the um, the Beast movies, from the Harry Potter Beast, is he playing? Who, who's the new Willy Wonka? Timothy Chalamet. Gotcha. It's a prequel. He's in, like, Dune. That, okay, okay, um, gotcha. I was thinking, okay. He's
0: kind of like an it, an it boy right now in, an it boy. in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but... Timothy Chalamet is playing a young Willy Wonka, so it's a prequel to uh to the Willy Wonka movies but I don't know if it's like in the same universe as the Gene Wilder one or if the like Johnny a, Depp one or if it's just kind of a standalone prequel.
1: That makes sense. Like um, like you know the you know the gist of the story and this takes place before that gist. Exactly. It's yeah. like
0: if you did a Spider-Man prequel, yeah. it wouldn't be very interesting, but if you did right. a Spider-Man prequel about <laughs> before he becomes Spider-Man, <laughs> exactly, about Peter Parker. It wouldn't matter which Peter Parker whether it's right, you, a- Andrew Garfield or or whatever, so but
1: Before you can t- I have a couple of thoughts about stuff you said earlier. So Okay, all ears. The, the Mrs. Doubtfire Interestingly, before you said SpongeBob, I was already thinking SpongeBob um, in a different way. That because you use SpongeBob in the example of like a cartoon character, mystical. Yeah. But you were expressing like appreciating Willy Wonka differently as an adult than you did as a kid. Similarly to Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. And I was actually going to use SpongeBob as an exa- another example of this because I feel like one hallmark of a really good family-friendly movie or show is that a kid will appreciate it for a different reason than the parent and both will still enjoy it.
0: Yes, and and both are right yes. to appreciate it the way that they Yes,
1: and and I think SpongeBob's a good example because I do have some like extended family and friends who were not allowed to watch SpongeBob because the parents thought it was inappropriate, but the kids <laughs> didn't pick up on any of it, you know. You're you're okay. Am I you're a teacher here.
0: Permission to soapbox. Yes, go for it. Okay. We're about to take a left turn into... We'll come back to Willy walk in a minute. ...a soapbox that Benji has been on a few times in his life. If you're listening to this and you are a parent that doesn't let your kid watch Spongebob, let your kid watch Spongebob. Watch... W- watch it. Watch it. Because especially especially the early seasons seasons one through four. Now I can't speak to recent seasons. I don't know if it's gone off the rails. I don't know, but I can speak to seasons one through four and I've watched those episodes as an adult. The inappropriate stuff, quote unquote, inappropriate is extremely benign. The, the most like immature stuff is just that it's like, Oh, they show like the shape of Patrick's butt through his pants that it's got a curvy butt or something like that. Like that would be an example right. of the raunchy Which, stuff. To a kid is really silly. Which it's is just funny. silly. It's not like there's nothing overtly sexual. There's nothing overtly like if a kid if a kid took this to school, it's they'd under, be getting in trouble all it's the time.
1: Under the umbrella of like fart burp
0: joke. A thousand percent. Stinky feet, burps, farts. That is the level of bad we're dealing with. I know that some people have theories that SpongeBob and Patrick are are a same sex couple or something like that, and whatever you you can. There hold is your no
1: own... like blatant thing that they do to make it seem. They different. don't do anything romantic that that would um that would. In fact, I would make equate, you think that I would equate them as a caricature of our friendship, just Absolutely. goofy dorks. You know? Absolutely.
0: And if we walked around with our arms around each other's shoulders, that wouldn't mean that we were a couple. It just means we're really we're, we're bestest friends, right? Exactly. <laughs> That being said, you can watch about any episode of SpongeBob, the old ones, and say, what's the moral of this? If I were if I were a parent and I watched this with my kid and afterwards I, I paused it and said, all right, let's have a conversation about that episode. What did you learn from that episode? There is a legitimate moral to almost every episode. I think there's an episode, or I, I know that there's an episode, but my mind goes to there's an episode of SpongeBob where he has to write an essay right and he doesn't want to write it he does everything in his power to avoid it and he has to deal with the consequences the next morning is that not exactly what you would want to to tell your kid about procrastinating for an assignment like the, and and
2: that's one example but almost the rips my every pants episode, episode the rips right? my pants when a joke episode,
0: goes too far when yep when you're like okay we get it we laughed at the joke we don't need to make the same joke 10 times that is an An incredible thing for a kid to to internalize at that age. Because kids tend to make the same joke over and over and over and over and over and think it's still funny. And, as I said, just about every episode has these kinds of morals that you can glean from them. And yet, if you get stuck on the fact that it's like, oh, that episode's about SpongeBob ripping his pants. How inappropriate. The implication is that his butt was hanging out. Then you totally, completely missed the point of what that episode is about. Right? Also... One thing that's great about SpongeBob is, and I think you can distill from a morality standpoint, you can distill just about any show too, are the good guys good and the bad guys bad, right? Right. And if the good guys are almost always good, and when they do things wrong, they learn their lesson and say, okay, I did something wrong and I realized why or I dealt with the consequences, then you can say this is teaching a good moral to my kids. SpongeBob is a hard worker. He cares about his job. He cares about other people. He cares about doing right by other people. Sometimes he gets pulled into a selfish situation, and when he does, he usually ends up dealing with consequences. And learns a lesson. And learns a lesson. We're never tricked into thinking that Plankton's a good guy. Right. or he's thinking that, clearly bad. Yep, we see that Mr. Krabs is like kind of a bad guy because he's, he's greedy and like like the He's like neg- an anti-hero. It, it, well, yeah. I wouldn't even say anti-hero. He's like he's just, he's a just selfish. He's person. a selfish character that just kind of is there and you recognize that he's selfish and you recognize nobody wants to be
1: Mr. Krabs. Right. Nobody wants True. to be Squidward. He's not out to get others but he's just selfish.
0: Yeah. Whereas and if, Plankton
1: it, I feel like is another step further.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even as a kid, if you if you asked any Nine-year-old who watches Spongebob. Hey, which characters do you think you would want to model your life after? They would not say Plankton, Mr. Krabs. They would not say Squidward. They probably wouldn't even say Patrick. Right. They would say Spongebob,
1: SpongeBob or Sandy. Or say, right. Um, strong male, strong female characters.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Who are who are generally upright people who do the right thing, even right. though they're silly. Um, nobody, say, nobody says, oh, that's Squidward. That's how I want to live my life. Right. Just because that is on your oh, screen. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Spongebob. Anyway, so that's my soapbox. If if you are keeping your kid, and, and, and the reason why I get on the soapbox is I've had moments where, like, in class, as a teacher, I've referenced Spongebob, and I'll have kids that'll say to me, my parents will let me watch Spongebob. And it, I can't say anything, because it's what I, it's up to them how they want to raise their parents kids. Parents will raise their kids. Parents, yep. you can raise their kids however you want. But on the inside, I'm like, they just don't get it. Like yeah. like
1: they haven't wa- they clearly haven't watched it. they've maybe stumbled across a scene that bothered them, yep yeah.
0: or or heard something that isn't true, yeah. you know, heard some I hate to use the term like holy roller because i yeah. I, I like I'm a Christian I'll, I'll say it on the podcast, I'm yeah. a Christian, but um there's but some people like I, but like really... people who are over the edge, yeah, you know, um pearl clutchers yeah that <laughs> that try to convince people that it's bad. it's not watch Spongebob. that was quite a sidebar. I'm sorry about jumping up. Do you have that's anything okay. to add about SpongeBob?
1: No, I think that you you summarized it beautifully and I thought I think it's fascinating how Willy Wonka and SpongeBob could overlap, but they did, I feel like in the in the direction the conversation went, they overlap in that children and adults can both appreciate it for different reasons and be right. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um one thing that also is weird about the the original movie, like it's I guess it's kind We're of, back to Willy Wonka. Back to Willy Wonka. Okay. Um that's kind of a plot hole is that it's like, when they receive the golden ticket, it says what their prize is. It says, your prize is a tour of the chocolate factory, lifetime supply of chocolate. That's what you get. right? Grandpa Joe and Charlie get their tour of the chocolate factory, and presumably, their lifetime supply of chocolate's in the mail. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that's Somewhere. come after. But they, at the end, they before he receives the chocolate factory, before, like, Willy Wonka has this change of heart or whatever they act all indignant like they were wronged or something like that it's like they got everything that they were promised before they were given the factory and they acted like for some reason (laughs) Willy Wonka owed them more than what they got which is like it's a little presumptuous also Grandpa Joe being in bed for 25 years and then when a good opera I know this is not a very original take but seriously he was a leech for 25 years, and then as soon as a cool opportunity comes, pops right out of bed and starts dancing <laughs> around the room. Like, come on. Like, what? He
2: should have brought his mom. <laughs> She's been making cabbage soup and doing laundry in the for the last 20 years.
1: You know, I think there's a couple of things there that I think are applicable to real life. I've, I've seen, just like with friends and colleagues, like, sometimes when you do something charitable, there, there is... Just building off the plot hole you brought up, which I never considered or thought of, sometimes the person you are charitable, like especially if you're charitable to a specific person, sometimes that person starts to, like, become a little bit more entitled. Yeah, they feel more like they they're like, and it's like a weird dynamic starts to be formed. Mm -hmm. If like an individual is charitable, and it doesn't always happen, granted, but I've seen it happen before, where that person who received the charity starts to feel like why aren't you giving me more? Yeah. You know, I see you're more charitable to that person than you are to me. Why aren't you, Why? Aren't, why don't I deserve that? Like, I was like, well, you didn't deserve any of it. Right. It, like, you it, didn't just deserve it. It, it was yeah. nice and I gave it to exactly. you. Exactly. And actually, I was actually just having a conversation with a friend the other day about this, who he's, he's very well off. He's, he's very charitable. And, um, and I think the very, like thinking of it in terms of charity is perfect because like it's above and beyond no matter what you get. Yeah. And this person happened to learn that he was that he was more charitable to another person, and and that exact dynamic formed, and <laughs> and so it's like well exactly what you said you didn't you didn't deserve any of it to begin with but I was from the goodness of my heart giving you more than I I had to you know exactly yeah. I, I I have had a thought before okay um, you probably had many
0: thoughts I've before. had many thoughts before <laughs> but r- r- uh, apropos to what you just said um, we need a policy. In our culture, similar to like shotgun, you know, how like everybody can basically like the front of the car shotgun, everyone can basically abide by the rules of shotgun. If somebody yes. calls shotgun, you're like, all right, we've, we've assumed we, we know, okay, you get the, you get the front seat. I think that if you are ever giving something away that you have a finite amount of that you don't want to give away all of, for example, if there were seven people around and I offered you a piece of gum. And now six other people are holding their hand out, asking for a piece of gum. You should have a. You should be able to call one mooch, uh, or something to that effect. <laughs> it can have it. It can have its own term, but it's your way of saying, "I know that I'm giving this away, but I'm only giving one of them away, and that's my prerogative to only give one away, and I don't have to feel bad about it because I am yeah. still giving it away." Right? What, I didn't have to give you? any of it away. If you're wondering what that loud noise was, it was just a microphone becoming dislodged. Okay. Oh, well. But yeah, you should be able to call... Test, 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 test. Okay. Looks okay. good. You should be able to call one mooch, and then you don't have to give all of the stuff that you had away, because you were just going to give it to one... Like, you are just going to give it to one person, and now you got leeches all, right. all over you. This is something that, as an elementary school teacher, happens a lot. Uh, you know, the like...
1: other students will witness it. Uh,
0: the other students see yeah. it, and they all want it, too. Mm-hmm. If we just normalize, like, no, I offered it to one person... I'm not gonna feel like I'm a bad person for only offering it to one person. I'm still giving. I could have not I could have just hoarded it all to myself in the first place. Yeah. I don't need to give away all my
1: pieces of Kit Kat Bar because four people saw it instead of one, right? Yeah. So that just took me to a totally different I mean, same idea, different talking point. We can loop things back to Willy Wonka in sure. a sec. Okay. So have you ever had this thought before? And so I just had a thought, and tangent to your thought. That the younger you are, the more it makes sense to have, like, a communist-type situation. And then the older you get, the less it makes sense. Like, like when you're in a classroom, it might make sense to evenly distribute things. More, so, I mean, there, should, there still should be merit, of course, and, like, different... But, like, the more you actually depend on people, the more it makes sense to have somewhat of more of an even distribution. And then, like, the goal should be to become more and more independent, and the less you should desire or need a communist type situation sure and, and especially at a young age yeah
0: there's no expectation for everyone to be like pulling their own weight right, right? like you're all there <laughs> yeah Every, so we, you know if you're all there in class and i'm handing out a snack i'm not gonna say like you know you did a little more work today so you get more snack i yeah. mean i guess you could as a motivational
1: tool yeah. but ultimately it's like they're all here they right. all maybe in good. high school or college that would start to make more sense Sure. Exactly. But in elementary and even maybe in middle school, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to more fair, quote unquote, fairly and evenly distribute things.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And you know, once you get to high school, the idea of your, your grade and you know, the way that you're perceived as reflective of your effort, Mm -hmm. not your upbringing or whatever, um, can be a little bit clearer, you know, uh, and so the idea of you deserve this because you've been working really hard yeah, can, can start to take shape. Where, you know, when you're a little kid, it's like, I'm just, I'm just, uh, wind me up and set me loose, you know, based on how I've been raised. I'm not really... I don't, you're not really your own actualized person. I hate to say you're, I think at that elementary school age, you're really a product of your upbringing and your mental just chemistry. you what
1: your parents say. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And it's like, look, if you're a hyper kid, it's very rarely is it like conscious choices to misbehave. I yeah. think at that age, so Yeah. there are exceptions to that rule. There are exceptions, but I think for the most part, little kids are just doing their best. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would, I, that communist, that socialist, yeah. ever, you know, everybody shares in what we have here is very appropriate for kids. And, frankly, they're not emotionally mature enough to be, like, to understand why some people are getting more than some people aren't, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so there is an emotional, uh, mental maturity that comes along with understanding capitalism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> frankly. Um,
1: and not we're not and this regardless. podcast by any uh-huh. means, but it, exactly. this is just a thought that I thought I would shoot out.
0: And frankly, this isn't even really revealing either of our personal right. attitudes toward, toward communism or yeah. capitalism or socialism or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I'm not
1: afraid to say that I wouldn't want to live in a communist place. But beyond sure. that, I don't know that it makes sense to get into politics. Speaking of communism, what do you think the system of <laughs> government within the Wonka factory would be? <laughs> do you think that Ooh. all
0: the Oompa Loompas are getting paid the same way? It's gotta think? be a dictatorship, right? Are there, yeah.
1: But like a, like like a, a happy, like every, something kind. that like a dictatorship they all agreed to.
0: Yeah. Are are the Oompa Loompas getting paid?
1: Fairly. Did they pay
0: them in chocolate? It, it, that's in the, that, I think that's in the... It's at least gotta be a benefit. I think that's in the Johnny Depp movie. I think that they imply they there? that they are all living in the jungle. I and haven't says, seen that version yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's been a while. Oh, it's, been out. it's still in theaters. Yeah. Let's
1: go. <laughs> Come on, David. Good? Yeah, It was one I hadn't seen. I mean, I'm not opposed to seeing it. I just sure. haven't seen it yet. But I do think
0: that they, imp- they they show a little bit more of the backstory of the Oompa Loompas and the Johnny Depp version. <clears throat> and I think the implication is that they all love chocolate. He exposes them to chocolate and they say, hey, I'm going to go live with you because we love this chocolate stuff. And we'll work in your factory if we can eat all the chocolate we want. Which does seem a little more it seems less like slavery ish if you think of it that way yeah they're yeah. indentured servants but
1: it never says that they couldn't leave like yeah it, it, nowhere I mean, if that's their currency i guess if if i worked for a boss who said as long as you stay here you can have all the money you want yeah you know i guess that would be like and okay. you can doordash like yeah. DoorDash you can other yeah
0: you're going to have a great time. There's going to be a bunch of other people who are also doing this yeah. and you're going to, you can hang out together when you're not right.
1: working, whatever. The only potential downside to that is it, it it would make it really hard to quit if you were unhappy because you were like, you've got, well, you have all the money you want. Well, okay. I guess you could, like, you would have almost green handcuffs for a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, what do you have your fingers crossed This for? is me holding a thought. Oh, Gotcha. I I, I cross That's my clever. fingers when I'm holding a thought and then it helps me remember what I'm gotcha the thought that I'm holding. Gotcha. um, um anyways, so th- this is actually is a very short thought, but like i'm I'm having this thought in real time. So you would have green handcuffs to be tough to leave, but if you could have as much money as you want, you could save up and then leave later. When you say green handcuffs, what does that mean? That means you get pay- you get overpaid for what you actually do, and there's no other job opportunity. you haven't you haven't grown mm-hmm. to take a better job and get paid more. And you get paid more than the market offers, so if you're unhappy, so you your can't job, really leave. You can't really leave. That makes sense. Yeah, I've never heard that term before. Yeah, but now I have, and I'll probably yeah. use. It. And so, actually, there for business ethics, it, and you could think of it as overpaying someone for their job could be unethical because it keeps them stuck. Yeah, it makes them not want to grow in other. Dire- it, it contributes to them not wanting to grow in other directions and not. You know
0: what? It is? That Especially
1: provided that they don't have the perspective
0: of what their labor is worth relative to what they're getting paid. Correct. Because it's like, well, yeah, you could go get other jobs, and but just know that you're going to get a pay cut because you're getting paid over market. Exactly. Right now. Yeah. Um. And so, I mean, like, I guess if you're being treated really unfairly, while getting overpaid. You right. could leave and just say, well, I'm going to get the paid paper. less. Yeah. And you still might be able to meet somewhere in the middle with a new employer and be like, right. I'm going to get paid more than the average person gets paid to do this because of the fact that I got paid too much before. Yeah, But yeah, I, I definitely understand that concept of, uh, of green handcuffs. And uh, I don't Oompa think Oompa. it's a common thing, but
1: I've, I've heard that term used before and that's what, that's what it is. So
0: do you think Oompa Loompa would have difficult, Oh, this is okay. So this is going to tie okay. into yes. my thought that I'm holding. It's, it's a movie idea. It, as I'm thinking about it, it might seem a little too similar to the movie Elf, but okay, so let's say the, the, Oompa the yeah the Oompa Loompas are not required to to live in the Wonka factory, right? They have the free will; they could leave if they wanted, but they don't because they all love chocolate that much.
3: Yes.
0: But what if you get one Oompa Loompa that doesn't care for chocolate, doesn't care for the candy industry, Ooh. and he leaves and goes off on his own, and then we follow his life in the human world as an Oompa
1: Loompa? And he discovers that his dad is an executive at a, another chocolate factory. <laughs> oh man! And he goes in and he's like, "I'm here with my dad, and I'm an Oompa Loompa." <laughs> and he didn't
0: know I was born. Yeah. Um. This might this might be very similar to Elf.
2: But you know, it I doesn't, have, like a a great for it doesn't have to be right. Yeah.
0: An Oompa
1: Loompa's life wouldn't necessarily be like an <clears throat> Elf's life. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity to t- i think that premise has been done and still in a unique way like you could take the premise of a mystical creature in the normal world yeah. elf you've got thor right that's yeah. also a mystical creature who winds up in a human world and he's still behaving in a goofy way superman superman um i don't enchant- goofy but- yeah enchanted right yeah, absolutely. So I so think, there's more room. Yeah. So I think that is a, actually a great premise and it could still have a lot of original aspects to it and feel like a different movie, but that plot premise is kind of the root of it, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's also the element of like, I guess, the Elf, first Thor movie, Elf loves candy and Oompa Loompas would love candy. Yeah. But Oompa yeah, Loompa's, getting all the
1: essential food groups in.
0: Oompa Loompas aren't just, like, smiley, happy, positive, necessarily. Yeah. They could be kind of curmudgeons. And Will Ferrell's very tall. Oompa Loompas are not. That's true. So. There you have it. Surface level, they look different. David, do you have any thoughts about
1: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? I think I've, I think I've emptied the clip on my side. Um, I, you know, I haven't. I've only watched it once, and I, it was a long time ago. Willy Wonka, to me, is for me, is one of those things where, like, I recognize the characters... Um, And the visuals, and I'm very aware that it's out there in, like, the branding, the logos, but I I can't really go into too much depth about the story because I just haven't watched it that many times.
0: Sure. Yeah. I'm very interested in seeing the new movie. Yeah. Um, I prefer the Gene Wilder over the Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? I... I love the the lore. I love the story. Yeah. I read the book when I was a kid. You know, like nice. I I, I respond well to it. I like Gene Wilder as an actor. So,
1: <laughs> well, even just the premise of like the Golden Ticket, I feel like is right out the gate something that resonates with you because you're very much into game shows. You're very much into like, um, well, even you just you love going to Vegas, right? Get so rich just, quick schemes, yeah, exact like Ponzi schemes, right? <laughs> well, just no, just that the concept of like. And I feel like gambling has a negative connotation to it. But I think the the spirit that you bring to like optimism, taking a chance. Yeah, I think is yeah, what I would sure. say. Optimistic, you are an involved. optimistic. Take a chance, but you're not you're not reckless about it. Like you don't you're not bankrupt because exactly. you like to take a chance. So oh, yeah, I think that it makes sense that you would really like that. There's a gambler spirit, but it's like seeing
0: the potential upside in a situation and and yes. going for it. Right, yeah. and an and, entrepreneurial spirit almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and when you watch. Uh, the the as I said I'm going to keep connecting to the to the Gene Wilder version because that's the one that I've seen the most.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Some some people in that movie when they're doing the montages of how everyone reacts to the golden ticket hysteria, some people do have a a, a real gambler's mindset. You know, you think yeah. of the Veruca Salt, her dad turning his entire factory uh, that shells peanuts into a an unwrapping chocolate bars factory. Mm-hmm. That's a real gambler's mindset. He's sinking huge amounts of assets. Uh, to try to receive this, and he might not, right? Yeah. But you know the the Charlie Bucket. I'm gonna take my three or four, and every time I'm gonna hope and I'm gonna feel like there's a real chance that I could get it. Um, I I can definitely relate to that element of it. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a long shot, but but why not me, right? Charlie said it's got to be somebody. So wh- why couldn't it be me? Why right? couldn't it be? Yeah. And you know what? It ends up being him. Yeah. Sorry, sp- if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert. Charlie gets a golden ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets to go to the picture. Boiler.
1: <laughs> All
0: right, you ready for a new topic? Ready for a new topic. right, need. I'll pick it up.
1: <laughs> That's wild that our first topic was not the holiday topic. All I right, can think you... of something wilder. <laughs> okay, so here's one. This is actually one. Um, so we've got favorite Christmas song to sing and or listen to.
0: Okay. Favorite Christmas song to sing and or listen to. Got it. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, David.
1: All right. so, okay, so my favorite Christmas song. <laughs> so actually, just the other day, I I um I performed at my work. We were doing this tree trimming. Well, really, decorating the tree in the lobby. And um, um the program coordinator there asked me to you know play some Christmas songs and stuff. So I have a very recent experience with singing. I think my favorite Christmas song to sing is it's it's cliché, but it it is we wish you a merry christmas mm-hmm. simply because other people want to join you in singing it. And so, and granted I should also disclaim that I I haven't performed every single christmas song out there, but of the ones I've performed, that one seems to resonate the most when I'm singing in front of a group. Now
0: when you performed it. Yeah. We wish you a merry christmas. I'm going to go into yeah. music guy mode. Okay. Did you did you also like play guitar play an instrument? I did. So We Wish You a Merry Christmas is very complicated from a chord standpoint, Ah. and I know that you've got a good background of chords, but if you were just like saying, I'm going to play it by ear, figure it out. I did not play it by ear. It's very tricky. Yeah. It uses a lot of chords that aren't in whatever key signature. Like, it's like one chord, four chord, two chord, five chord, major three chord, six chord. It's like weird chords that it, it goes through music nerds out there goes through a circle of fifths chord progression, which is very uncommon in music, but also very pleasing to the ear. It is very pleasing um, the ear. and so it feels like it's built. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you... It feels like it's it building be throughout. Um, and so we wish you a Merry Christmas is the unsung, <laughs> very sung, but from a, um, complicated music, you know, uh, music theory standpoint, we wish you a merry Christmas is sneaky complicated.
1: Yeah, there were. I think there was even some minor chords in there, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And it is a saddest. It, I think that was part of it too. It's like it sounds simple. It's simple to sing, but playing the guitar, it's like, ooh, this is kind of a fun little challenge. And it was a challenge that was at my level, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was a, that was a rewarding experience. And other people wanted to join in and sing with me on that one, like a lot more people than some of the other ones. Um, now the hardest one. And I think if I, you know, this might be, like, something to shoot for. From a chord perspective that is a little bit above my level um, is, what is it? The, the Christmas... Um, Chestnut. Chesna- yeah, The Christmas song. The right Christmas well. song. That one is was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be from a chord stamp. At least the chord progressions I found on, like, Google when I Googled it. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I did not feel confident singing that well, one. Well, it's at like all. a, I mean
0: for all intents and purposes, it's a jazz
1: song. Yeah. Right? It's just a very slow jazz song.
0: Yeah, and and because it's Christmas, you don't think, you think of it as a Christmas song, not a jazz song, but it's like, everything, the chords are very jazzy, there's weird vocal intervals um, that aren't common in, you know, if if you're listening to a pop song, Santa Baby, or All I Want for Christmas Is You isn't going to have these weird, intricate intervals. Um, But like, just nuts. that you got knocked octave. Jack Frost, nipping at your nose. That's a yeah. fixed. Like, these are weird, weird intervals that you're not usually vocally singing. I can imagine that if you're accompanying yourself and you don't expect that that's going to be the case. Yeah. You're going to see some weird chords. You're going to see oh, some yeah. things that your ear isn't used to.
1: Yep. Well, and it was one of those things where I assumed it was going to be easier than it was. I actually, I took some requests that day mm. and... That was the only song that I got a request where I was like, yeah, I think I can do that. And then I pulled it up and I, I actually, as soon as I saw it, I was like, ooh, this will be rough, but I'll go for it. And it was rough.
0: <laughs> so then you, uh, okay, so in real time, you're, you're there performing for, for your people, right? Yeah. Like, this is just your coworkers. Actually, this was the guests. Oh, okay. So you're there with the guests. Yeah. I'm I'm imagining that it wasn't your first song that you performed. It was not. No, it was probably like my third to last. So you had already established credibility as Correct. I can
1: sing and play the guitar. They knew that you could sing yeah. and play the guitar. I didn't. But th- I didn't lose any listeners at that point. They, sure. I think they were like, okay, this wasn't his best song, and they probably were like, this is the con- like this must be tough. Yeah, and, and you could say, hey, sorry about
0: that. That was that was a weird hard one. Yeah,
1: um, and, but you know what I did though um, is. They probably picked up on it, but I actually just didn't acknowledge it. I just like, like if it said minor seven, nine or what, you know, there there was a lot of like weird chords. I would just play the major version of it Mm -hmm. and it clearly sounded wrong. Like it did not sound great. It didn't sound horrible.
0: And just keep moving.
1: But I just kept moving confidently. (laughs) And I, at the end of it, I just started the next song and it it was like a song. I I was like, all right, the next one I got to sound like really confident and and, and good. And I just kind of phased into it. And I think that kind of, so I didn't acknowledge that I wasn't good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you hope nobody noticed Yeah, but I'm sure people noticed But, you know, a lot of times Your standards for yourself are going to be harder That's than true the standards It that may I'll have sounded ready. just like a very funky version of it, you know Yeah, or
0: a very just a basic version yeah. yeah Okay, so what would you say your favorite Christmas song to listen to or to sing? In?
1: So, even though this is a topic that I wrote and put in the hat um, this, sound, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but it really depends um, I think if if I'm in a happy mood, All I Want for Christmas is You, I really resonate. It, it, it's a cheesy one, but it. it, it well, I think it, it just really captures my mood. If I'm feeling really good, you know? Sure, sure. Okay. And if I'm feeling really sentimental, Silent Night just hits my heartstrings, you know? Sure. So, yeah. um, I think it really depends on my mood that I'm in, but there are some songs that capture my mood better than others. And I would say All I Want for Christmas is You is Up There. Silent Night is Up There. Um, and then also, um, what, I don't know if this is the title, baby, it's cold outside. That's what it is is up there. Um, so those are three that really jump out to me as like, when I'm in the mood for it, I'm like really jiving with it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've I've got a lot of, a lot of responses and I'm
0: hoping I can keep, I hope that I can have them all. Okay. Um, uh, all I want for Christmas is you. Whatever, it's bubblegum. Yeah, it, it is. People, you're allowed thing. to like. You're allowed yeah. to like things that are mainstream to like. Whatever, like it's yeah. fine. A lot of people like. All I want for Christmas is you. And to be like that song's lame. Too many people like it. Well, that's a negative attitude. Yeah. It's definitely
1: not a hipster answer to give by any means. Sure, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Have you ever seen? There was, I think it might have been before the day and age of TikTok, so it might have just been a short YouTube video, maybe even a Vine, <laughs> of this lady. She's she looks like she's maybe in her mid thirties or whatever, uh, in a department store where they're playing "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and she sings her alto part from when she was in um <laughs> from when she was in choir. She, you know, a lot of times if you sang a song in in choir and you sang a harmony part, you remember that harmony part. But it part probably forever. sounds
1: weird to the listener. It literally is.
0: I, and
2: I, <laughs> song, I don't give as much excuses, and while all that fun stuff's going on, the outer part is going, I, I just want you for my own, more than you
0: can. <laughs> so it's just her singing the outer part into a camera, and it's freaking hilarious, um, if, especially if you know, like, if
1: you ever were a tenor or an alto, you know that is kind of that is kind of the funny thing about like when you're a, when you are a harmony singer or player and you are practicing or rehearsing by yourself, you kind of sound like a crazy person. Oh, absolutely! I remember
0: um, when I was growing up, um, I, I grew up singing in barbershop quartets, and there was like a joke that was a true story. But it got told in, like, a joke spot in in, in programming. You know, you'd sing a song, and then a lot of times they would tell a joke to kind of fill, whatever. Um, But it was a true story that the guy who sang baritone, which is one of the harmony parts in a barbershop quartet, um, was practicing his music with the car windows rolled down. (laughs) And he could hear the person in the car next to him say that that dude, like, that man must be tone deaf because he was singing his baritone part, um, out loud, and there was no other context, and it's like, I know
1: that song, and that dude is, that dude has no idea what's going on, it's like, oh, it's a harmony part, so, this is like, even here, so in this very room where we're doing the podcast, I'll sometimes record songs in here, and when I do the vocal part, my wife, Lucia, will hear me recording in, in the background, and she'll be like, you sound horrible." And then when I show her the full recording with all the parts together, she's like, "Oh, that actually sounds really pretty." <laughs> hey, you, you didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, it's a, it's like, a, it's like someone who's doing a, a drawing, and when they're sketching in the beginning, it looks weird, and then it's only once the painting or the drawing is complete that you're like, "Oh wow, now it's beautiful." Like anytime you're working on a project that's creative, like if you if you step in and watch in the beginning or the early stages or part way through. It looks like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you see the final product and it makes sense. It takes
0: sense. shape. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember that there was like a screensaver back on like old Windows 95 that would like paint a picture, but it would do it like one color at a time. And you'd be like, what the heck is this going to be? Yeah. And then like certain colors would fill in and it'd be like, oh okay I see where they're going with this and then you get to a point where it's like okay I understand where this picture is and then it keeps going and it's like shading and like doing the intricate stuff and then eventually it's like oh my gosh okay that was beautiful
1: I just didn't see it at the beginning did you ever have a moment where in (coughs) elementary school middle school back in our day where there would be like one computer in the classroom but you maybe your desk was situated in a way where you could see it and the screensaver comes on and you get mesmerized by it and you're not focusing on class anymore
0: a thousand percent yeah Yeah, all the time right absolutely yeah and and I know they do that thing in the office about the like the DVD logo bouncing around the screen yes. and I'm expecting you it to go around right 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 the it corner. corner. It never that was, the corner. That was a very real thing. I mean the reason why that's so memorable is because everybody thought that.
1: Yeah, it like <laughs> hit the corner. And then it would
0: be like side side. And back in the day there was a uh, a Microsoft Windows um, screensaver that would be the old-school Windows logo Yeah, that like looked like a window with like the little trail that would bounce around. And yeah. I remember Same thing. wanting to see that go to the corner. Yeah. Okay, so David, you said something after Silent Night that oh, I had a um, response to. It was to,
1: Baby It's Cold Outside. Baby
0: It's Cold Outside. That was exactly what it is. Obviously, I think it was about three or four years ago. The controversy. The controversy of canceling it. And then everybody puts, well... The song "WAP" is is popular, and that well, why don't you cancel that? It's way more way more disgusting than "Baby, It's Cold Outside." And though that is true, you listen to the song "Baby, It's Cold Outside." There, it is it is a little weird. It doesn't. <laughs> it, does she ever like specifically be like, "Hey, dude, stop it"? <laughs> like does she ever sternly say, "Hey, you're going too far," or is this is like the crux of I, I think, like, during the Me Too movement, Maybe yeah. It's Cold Outside was kind of the argument that a lot of guys were making, where it's like, well, we don't really know what no sounds like sometimes. Yeah. Like, like if you don't give us it a... It
1: sounded very flirty. It the,
0: sounded very... F- if, if you listen to it, to any performance of it, yeah. it's kind of like a, I really should leave. Oh, Wink. why Why am I still
2: here? This is a, and,
0: and this might be a controversial take. I'm sorry if that's the case. But... If you look at the man and say, no, this needs to stop, then it should stop immediately.
1: Right. But she didn't do that in the song.
0: But she didn't. She says, I ought to.
1: Yeah.
0: I ought to say no. No. That's what she literally says.
1: I ought to say no, 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 sir.
0: Which
3: implies. At least I
1: can say that I tried. Which implies implies I don't want to say no. Absolutely. But. I should go, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: if you just take it on the surface, if you say, I'm not going to, like, listen to it, I'm not going to read the lyrics, I'm not going to do anything, it really does sound like this woman wants to leave and this man is not letting her, which yeah. is a very bad thing. Right. And and that song should not be listened to or celebrated. Right. But if you actually listen to it, it's like, oh, I really, like, like the tone is, yeah. this is the problem with that movement. and And I don't want to get, I don't want to get. Into the weeds on this Because yeah. it's gonna get I don't want to get controversial I don't think that's what we're about no. But She
1: should have been She should have said no If she wanted the answer she to She could have no. said Right Well and And just to kind of Come from another angle With WAP Versus Baby It's Cold Outside Baby WAP has never proclaimed To be an innocent song That's true Whereas Baby It's Cold Outside Is proclaiming to be an innocent song So perhaps that's where It's more prone to be um um rebelled against like no you're not whereas WAP is like no we are we are going hardcore not innocent yeah here, wipe
0: know? is what the expectation
1: Wop. that WAP sends is, is like yeah
0: okay it's <laughs> hypersexual and yeah. both parties are signing on for that exactly. and so there's so even though it's obviously I'm stealing one of your chips eat, eat away man um once we run out we can refill mm-hmm. um it's never proclaiming to be like a back and forth it's just like yo it's on and obviously it's very inappropriate but there's yeah. nothing like um concerning <laughs> about what's happening right yeah. um, it's like all right we're adults let's yeah. get a pop in kind of thing where <laughs> as baby it's cold outside has that implication of i want this i don't want this i want this i don't want this which is troubling yeah the argument that i would say is if you listen to it
1: they both want it both want it
0: both want it, yeah. both want it. One person is feeling societal pressure to say no.
1: Yeah, but they both want it. Yes, that's the spirit of the song. That
0: is the that is the essence of the song.
1: It's meant to be a flirty song about you know, and about a guy pursuing a girl, and the girl wants to be pursued.
0: She wants to be talked
1: into it. Yes, in that I know how bad that sounds.
0: (laughs) I know
2: she's asking for it.
0: In that, in that very limited
1: context,
0: in that, in, in this one song context
1: that's the point of the song yeah she wants to be talked well and i think i think it's a common dynamic for and i don't think it's the case for all couples but i think it's more common that the female wants to feel pursued yes you know and i think that that song is takes place in the early stages of maybe a relationship that's just getting started or you know whatever and she's she wants to be pursued, and so he picked. He's picking up on that, so he's pursuing her. Um, and I think that they both. And so even even if the ultimate whether the ultimate answer is yes or no, she wants to be pursued. That's the dynamic that that song reveals. And, and also the time that that was written those roles were probably a
0: little bit more so that way. That yeah. it's like in the, the right. woman is supposed to keep her virtue and, yeah. you know, not succumb to this. And the male is supposed to, you know, I'm going to come in and be the and be the man who sweeps you off your feet. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Where nowadays, if that song were written nowadays, it would probably turn out more like WAP. Yeah, <laughs> <It's true.
2: like, laughs> yeah. Let's get it popping. I want it. Like, in, you're
0: in. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's get it going. Exactly. Right. Which yeah. is what would have happened in that same situation in, yeah. In a time of female empowerment. Right. Because clearly the woman in that song wants yes. stuff to happen. Right, If you exactly. actually listen to it right. and actually read the lyrics or whatever, yeah. yeah. Exactly. She's concerned more about what other people will think yeah. rather than,
1: do I want this? It's clear that she does. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Baby, I mean, it's cold outside. Baby, cold. <laughs> so, I think it's a very fun song. But, you know, it, it's... I will... Before I pass the torch over to you, I will also add, <clears throat> there aren't many holiday or Christmas songs that I that I really don't like. They, yeah, I, I often find myself enjoying most of them, but those three, um, if they catch me in the right mood, I, I just like they elevate me even further. And so those three pop to mind. Absolutely,
0: I'm gonna. Uh, I will say my. Are, are you? I'm done. Cool. Yeah. Um. So my favorite one to listen to, this might be like a. A, a counter-cultural kind of answer, you know. But I do now think... You got
1: ears turned down. It's
0: an, an- it, not countercultural, but like a, an answer that might be controversial because a lot of people hate this song, which is I love the Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh, really? It's annoying and dated, but just like the lights that are around us right now, <laughs> we're not here for, like, perfection. We're here for this is a fun... Christmas
1: time. We'll simply have a wonderful Christmas time. I did not know that people hated that song.
0: It's because like the synth is very,
1: it's, it's, it's very electronic sounding,
0: very electronic. And and I've heard, um, I had choir a choir sing that song, um, and people complain, oh, this is the worst Christmas song. I love it, and Paul McCartney can do no wrong in my eyes. He's amazing. He, he's amazing, um, and. I also was raised. I I grew up with um, my mom had a cassette tape that was like a kind of like a mix a mixtape that had a bunch of holiday songs on it. I remember "Merry Christmas, Baby" by the Carpenters was on there, and uh, the hula hoop song
2: (laughs) um,
0: from Alvin and the Chipmunks, and that was another one. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time.
1: Sentimental. Absolutely. Well.
0: So that those like 10 or so songs would get played over and over if mom was like doing holiday baking yeah. around the house. That was like the soundtrack of Christmas were these finite Christmas songs where now it's like you put on Spotify and there's 200 Christmas songs to rotate through. And, right. you know, no single one is going to stick with you the way that they would, you know, when you have such a limited amount available to you. Um, so I love simply having a wonderful Christmas time to listen to. Probably not my favorite to sing. Um, I I love singing "O Holy Night."
1: Um, it's a beautiful song.
0: It's a beautiful song. It's it's rangy, but at least like the high notes you can belt a little bit. Like you don't the high notes don't feel uncomfortable because when you get can into you those, sing one line for us. Um, the stars are brightly
1: shining. Did I sing that wrong?
0: No, that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. It is the night of our dear Gee, Savior's Savior. birth. That was beautiful. If we go any farther, if we go any farther, we're gonna have a, We're gonna have a copyright <laughs> strike.
1: Is this not common don't main by now, this song? It probably is. Yeah.
0: It probably is. But um it's it's fun to sing. You can <laughs> bust out you can bust out some like trained voice stuff in there, you know. It's I, a big range in that song. When you when you have gone through voice lessons, as a result of college and stuff like that, there aren't a lot of songs that you can put that to use without sounding like a hardo. You know, like you're trying too hard, right?
1: Right. It's a very non-threatening song.
0: That is one where it's like, okay, I can do trained voice on this, and nobody's going to be like, Okay, bro. show up. Okay, you show up. Yeah, it's like I can.
1: Uh, all right. I'm gonna, in fact, they might be like their hearts might be touched. A,
0: a thousand percent. Yeah. Um. And there's only so many songs that are like that, and that is one of them. Um. That I think yeah. I think in any context I can bust that one out and um and sing it, borderline operatically, and people will respond positively to the fact that I did that pretty yeah. much across the board. Um. Another one that's really fun to sing. I love singing the. Bruce Springsteen style, Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa
1: Claus is coming yeah. to town. Yeah. Oh,
0: Santa. yeah, exactly. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not
2: pout. I'm telling you I That style. Santa um, Claus is
1: coming
2: exa- to town. You've been playing, you've been practicing real hard, of so Santa brings you a new saxophone. You know that <laughs> one?
0: Um, I, I, All week. So I teach elementary school music. And so because of that, I see, you know, 20 ki- twenty different classes come in uh, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And so this week, as they came in, I would jingle the... You know, the intro yeah. to Santa Claus is Coming Down. I would just vamp that as they all came in and got their seats. And as soon as the door would shut, I'd get in you better watch out you better not cry I With, they love it oh they loved it and I didn't give any context as to why I was singing it I was just like alright we're doing this and then when it got to the chorus you know you'd get like six or seven kids out of each class that would sing Santa
2: Claus is coming to town
0: They would be aware of that rendition of it and it's you know, so it's fun. fun it's absolutely I, I love it Um, and you know if it if they didn't all sing, you know, if there's some kids that are just sitting there watching, they kind of enjoyed it as a performance. You're still entertained. Still entertained. And, you know, the kids that sang along, that's great, too. And it took awesome. two and a half minutes of class to to do that and get people in the holiday spirit. Um, so I would say that would be... Uh, oh, Holy Night and Santa Claus is Coming to Town for completely different reasons yeah. would be my favorite ones to sing. And I love listening to uh, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time." Very cool. Now holiday music Uh uh-huh do you have any takes on like do you would you listen to just like christmas music radio during the holiday like like in your car right now is it set to christmas music radio or do you only listen to it kind of when it's on do you like it do you not like it what are your thoughts i go
1: through phases this this year not as much on the radio but like i might so like when i was putting the lights up on the house i had alexa play Christmas music. I just said play Christmas playlist and whatever was on I wouldn't tell him to, I wouldn't tell Alexa to skip or I would just listen to whatever was on. Sure. But um not as much in the car right now but um just cuz I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Absolutely. Um but yeah, I I do tend to enjoy listening to Christmas music when I feel like I'm in the Christmas spirit and uh, as the Gen
0: Zs as the Gen Zs would say, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe.
1: It's totally a vibe. If if you're feeling
0: like I'm surrounding myself with holiday stuff right now, then that just sets the tone, right? It totally
1: does. It totally sets the tone.
0: But you're right, I wouldn't I wouldn't have holiday radio just like on in my car. Right. Like I wouldn't that wouldn't just be my I'm sitting here and I want to consume holiday music for or consume music. It wouldn't fill that role but if I'm sitting down with a glass of hot chocolate or a mug full of hot chocolate by the tree or something like that, then it absolutely... Yeah, sets or if, like we're tone. having a
1: holiday-themed party, of course we're going to play Christmas music. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. But um, I will say, this is a, I don't know how well-known this song will be, but there's a song called Christmas Festival, which the name of that song isn't well-known, I don't think, but it's a medley of all of the most well-known Christmas songs. And um, this... This would probably be my favorite, I think if I were to re-give my answer, this is just Is this a song or is this a piece? Is it's this a piece. Like,
0: this, is a, this is like a band and choir piece, right? Correct. That you're talking about. It's so a piece. You, so you do count. not know what he's talking about, for what it's worth. I don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, no, not you. The people at home listening to this. This is not like... Correct. This has not come
1: on your radio. This would not come on... Correct. You would probably have to be in a band or choir and have performed it or been to a band or choir concert and have heard it. Gotcha. Okay. But, um, so, so I, I, fair point. I don't think it's, I should say I'm re-giving my answer, but I think what I would say is my favorite Christmas musical experience that I've ever had was performing this song. At my high school, we would do a, a, a holiday concert. It was called the Prism Concert. Where you saved your applause for the end, it went right from one to the next song, and we we played in this auditorium, so the light would go to the side of the auditorium as soon as that song ended. It would go to the stage, it would go to the back, and so would there be different ensembles in different areas around the stage. And the grand finale was this Christmas festival, and it started with the entire choir took up like the hallways, and there was like a part of the orchestra and band on stage playing a medley of Christmas music. And when you got close to the end, behind the curtain um, was a group of us, and I, I was—I got had the the honor and opportunity to, to be part of the group behind the curtain. And it got to this part, what was building and building and building, and the curtain would lift up, and we would all join into oh, come, all ye faithful," and like it just was such a full sound, and to be in the band and to feel the vibrations through your body and you know just it gave me the chills every single time and it was i would say a borderline spiritual experience and i think music has the power to do that to you to give you a outside of your body bigger than you feeling the and, transcendent um, power a tran- of music yes, yes yeah absolutely. and music can do that and yeah. when it comes to christmas music that was the most transcendent feeling i ever had Both because, really, you're listening to it and you're performing it in that instance. Like, you're really taking it all in. And anyways, that's a long roundabout way of saying I think that's my favorite hybrid of listening slash performing is that piece known as Christmas Festival where the choir, the orchestra, the band all comes together and does this beautiful thing. And so, like,
0: the way that it's set up, like, from a staging standpoint and from a, a programming standpoint really sets it up to be just the the final domino to knock Climates. down that really yeah it builds to that you've got probably throughout the concert you know people yeah. are you got a trumpet do a trumpet trio singing we three playing we three kings or whatever it yeah. happens to be throughout and then it all culminates with this big moment Yeah. this this final um medley of christmas music right. and so because of the context surrounding it it just puts yeah uh, make your hair stand on it yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah and it's, absolutely it's, it's one of those things where you could listen to that same exact concert on the radio and I really don't think you would get the same feeling. It really there is a part of like, unless your speakers were really good, you know, it, it, just like being immersed in it. Absolutely. It gives you a completely different experience. And I think anyone who's been to a live concert knows what I'm talking about. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they feel the music differently in real per, in real life than you do like on the speaker. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I
0: wish that I could have experienced that because I... It, yeah. it, it, I've heard you describe that before, and it sounds just like yeah. Uh, my my uh, goosebumps would be going off. I'm sure if I were in the audience for yeah, the, uh, especially you, as mean, you describe the curtain
1: coming up and the choir just yeah. fills the room. And, ah, man. I mean, I don't know what awesome. kind of opportunity you have at your school, but I'd be happy to like tell like give you that the how that program was performed, the blueprint and, for it. Yeah, the, yeah. If if that's something that if you were, I don't know if you. If you have a band teacher that you work with, or if you're like everything, music, where you are. Well, at the elementary level, I am Fair. kind of the everything.
0: Um, but I, don't know if I would have to... the ear of band and, and choir teachers at the high school level, that if there were a collaboration opportunity, that it's like, look, hey – Elementary school kids can factor into this. Maybe they're going to sing unison or maybe they're going to sing two part or something a little bit more simple, but they could still be part of a prism concert kind of thing. It just, rather than it being horizontal where it's all, all of the high schoolers that do everything, you could do more vertical and say, we've got. Ele- we got everybody from kindergarten all the way through high school that would be pretty cool uh, actually. You know involved in this. Can you imagine how many people would be in the auditorium for that? Huge. <laughs> like all the people. Yeah,
1: you might need to rent out the uh, Ghost Pirate Stadium. And now at Ed Market Arena.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: the Prism concert. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool.
0: That would be sick. <laughs> <That would> <laughs> but sad. The acoustics are pretty wild they, in that hockey The same rank. arena that um uh, uh wow, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Ghost Pirate? Holy moly. Fleetwood Mac lady. Oh, I'm, I don't know her name. <gasps> I'm a horrible person. This uh, are we are losing listeners. Okay. How am I blanking on?
1: Uh, Do you have your phone with you? Yeah,
0: yeah but I don't. I I got to think of it before I list. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Stevie, Stevie I know that name. I don't know. Holy moly! Okay. No. If I would have had to look
0: that up, I would have. I couldn't have forgiven myself. You had to quit I, your Glad I thought and of it. Become yeah. a hermit. But like big name acts. I know that Stevie Nicks recently. Travis Tritt. Like like yeah. big acts performed there. And also. South Effingham Elementary School choirs can perform there too. Your school. Yes. My, I just doxed my school, but you know what? Whatever. we got
1: <laughs> two listeners.
0: All right. You ready for a new topic?
1: I'm ready for a new topic. Do you have the hat? I have a hat.
0: Hopefully, this is the correct hat. Yeah.
1: Well, it is. I guess we could start a debate club early. If... I think we should each do one more topic. Okay. What do you think about that? That sounds good. And then we'll do debate club? Yeah. We're not Russian. Yeah.
0: We're American. Yeah, we're American. All right. Any... Okay. But I am hungry. <laughs> Where is Hungary, David? <laughs> Somewhere between China and you Japan. The
1: China or Japan? Something like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the no Hungarian no <laughs> Now we got to keep that yeah. uh, from before. That was a, that's what we in the biz call a callback. That's right. All right. Go so
1: back to the pre-show.
0: I haven't opened this, but I know based on the rip configuration, this is one of yours. Okay. So I'm going to be cold reading this. Here we go. Tim Allen, Santa Claus. All right. Just talk about it. Here we go. Here we We're going to have a little discussion. Okay. You're at first. So I will say, I have only watched the first... I, I, I have seen the second and third, I believe. But I think I've only seen the second and third one once each. We're in the same boat here. The first one I've seen a million times. Same. And and it's, it's great. It is a classic. Um, who is, it's not Jason Schwartzman. Um the dude who plays Bernard is like a legit comedy actor, uh, Crumholtz, David Crumholtz. Oh, like the elf? He, Yeah, Bernard the elf is like an actual actor. Mm-hmm. Nowadays like that's kind of rad. Um I think that the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies or particularly the first one are certainly part of essential viewing. For the holiday season, like you have Timeless. to, yeah. yeah. If if you're gonna watch holiday movies, you have to consider that Except one. there with
1: *Home Marvelous. Alone*, *The Grinch*. Absolutely,
0: um, very memorable, very memorable moments. I'll even say, plain milk is fine sometimes. Like there's quotable stuff, right? It, I heard a clatter. I'll say that every once in a while. Yeah. I heard a clatter. Um, it's great. That kid is adorable. <laughs> I forget his name. I want to call him Max, but it's not Max, is it?
1: Yeah, he looks like Max from Liar Liar. He looks like a Max. Yeah,
0: he looks like Max from Liar, Liar. yeah
1: that's right. Every, every, every Charlie is the name.
0: Charlie, Charlie. Yeah. I feel like every kid from a from a, a 1990s know, movie, 90s
1: movie, yeah. <laughs> Goofy movie. And they all get Liar, the same Liar. haircut, the same color hair. <laughs> They're the same age, roughly. They're, very They're always inter- disappointed in their father. They're all interchangeable. Be... Yeah.
0: Well, there was really a moment where that was, like, the storyline in the 90s. Yeah. Like, borderline. Not, not The parents are father. divorced
1: or separated. Yep. And there's a young boy who's roughly eight or nine. And the father is very preoccupied with his job. Yes.
0: And whatever complicating factor of the story is going to interfere with his high-profile job or with him getting promoted within his industry. Yes. I'm too busy for this for this nonsense, but now this complicating factor has made it so that he cannot be preoccupied by his job right. because you have to deal he, with he this. He either becomes thing.
1: Santa Claus or he, his son wishes that he can't tell can't tell a lie anymore.
0: A lot of parallels between the Santa Claus and the liar liar. <laughs> and there's probably other movies uh from that same era that we
1: could be yeah. like, yeah, oh, that's also that. Uh-huh. Um but also, Max is a common name. In Christmas movies, like, well, I don't know, common, but Max is the name of the dog from the Grinch, too. Yeah. You've also got the Christmas connotation. You've got the father-son connotation. Was divorce just starting to, like, become a thing in the 90s? I think more so. I mean, it was, I think it was still a thing before that, but I think it was becoming more common. Like, like the, was the that- The divorce rates were rising. W- yeah, was
0: there- because now, nowadays everybody knows, like, there's, like, above 50% divorce rate or whatever. Yeah was the escalation of that happening during the nineties because I feel like that was quite a it was theme.
1: Be- it was becoming relatable enough where it was worth putting in movies. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Because uh, we go back to Mrs. Dowfire, that movie all revolves around like yeah. like lots of movies from that era revolve around recently fractured families. <laughs> And dads trying to still see their kids. Single dads trying to see their kids. Can we think of other ones? I, I oh, mean, man. for sure, those three. And yeah. and I'll, I'll ponder it when I'm not, you know, yep. when I'm not. It'll talking will come up I'll, later. Yeah, I'm sure we'll think of more. But,
1: but we'll we'll put a pin in that throughout the the show. Single
0: anyway. dads doing their best <laughs> yeah. is a real '90s movie '90s movie that,
1: thing. Not single dad, separated dads doing their best. Well, yeah, single. Single yeah. fathers. Well, single. I think there's a slight difference. Like single father implies the mother's not around.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, they're co-parenting or, or shared yeah. custody kind yeah. of a situation. Yeah, we're or, or right.
1: fighting over custody or whatever. Yeah. I get what
0: you're saying. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I'm trying to think of strong opinions that I have about that movie. I like the way that the elves are. Pr- I love the way that the elves are handled in that. In that they're kind of like. Uh, a uh, real operation. They're not just like silly, silly creatures who are just making toys and eating sugar plums like that. They've got like a strike force, yeah. right? When 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 Tim Allen gets in jail, it's like they have like elves that are like Navy Seals coming yeah. in to <laughs> to take sure. care of business, and um, that you know Bernard is like, I'm the down to business elf. But He's he, the manager. Like, there's a manager, <laughs>
1: He's the COO, yeah. exactly,
0: and and you know. Even um, what's his name in Elf? Uh, the cotton the guy is like you're not a cotton-headed ninny cotton-headed ninnie muggins. Hard to say. Um, Ming 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 yeah. is his name. Uh, yeah, he's the boss, but he's kind of just like a silly little elf, like everybody else when it comes down to it. Um, Bernard means business. Bernard is a no nonsense elf.
1: He does. He shows he shows Tim Allen the contract, the whole like fine print thing. He also,
0: oh sorry. Go ahead. That was it. I apologize. Um, the the little, like, Polynesian girl elf that makes the hot cocoa that yeah. she's like, I'm hundreds of years old or whatever. That, first of all, Tim Allen seems way too interested in that little child. Regardless. Not Tim <laughs> Allen. Scott Calvin. Oh, yeah. But but you know what? She's not a minor. But when I was a kid, and that wouldn't, wouldn't have been a weird thing to say, I had a crush on that little elf. I I, I was like...
1: Well, she's all. probably about our age. Well, she, she's probably a little older. She, she yeah. probably is a little
0: older. Yeah. I, I would guess that. David, what year? Let's guess. Let's guess. What year did the Santa Claus come out?
1: 1992,
0: maybe? That's a, that's a great guess.
1: Okay. Do I, you know I couldn't,
0: the answer? Nope. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I couldn't I couldn't disagree with what you're saying. I think 1992 is a good guess. I'm going to say 94. Okay. All right. Well, Now we're going to look it up. Here to, we go. So we're going
1: to find out how much older or younger. Oh, that's a good older. follow-up question. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be because tough to look gonna, her up. I think, I, I think she's going to be older than us, especially Slightly. since I think it came. we're both born in 91. And she was probably about 11 or 12, that, yeah. that so actress. She's probably a decade older than us.
0: The Santa least. Claus came out in
1: 1994. Oh, Woo! man. Even still, she's got at least eight years older than us.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do you know what that character's name was I off the top of your head?
1: But um, I bet if you Googled the cast, you would recognize her. Was she Judy? <laughs> oh, she was, was she Judy? Yeah, she was Judy. She was Judy.
0: She didn't act in anything else.
1: That was her one role, huh?
0: Yeah. Um. Or not in. I guess she was in bit parts and like she's like a one episode person in Fresh Prince and Ally gotcha. McBeal. She, she did. The, like, she did the one episode circuit. You know. She was like a
1: background actress.
0: 1985. So she would be about six years old. Okay. That.
1: So she's six years old. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, there's. there's but hope. you know what?
0: I was I was about her when I was a little kid. She married? Did, did, did you <laughs> think? Well, well yeah, I gotta know now. Is she available? Hey, <laughs> hey, Elf Judy, what's your situation? <laughs> I mean,
1: I know you're single and ready to mingle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll get after it.
0: So, what's what are uh, what are your thoughts on that,
1: Dave? So, I like you. I've only seen the second and third one once, maybe twice, but the first one million times. And um, I think what I would say is I. I, I'm always entertained by the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies, but what I appreciate most about the first one is how real it feels. Like it, It's only as mystical as it needs to be to make the mystical feel mysterious. Sure. You're, you're in the real world for most of it, and then it's really special when the Santa Claus type stuff comes up. I love that that is a really great point. It's very grounded in reality
0: and yeah. that the supernatural feels like it feels supernatural It feels supernatural and it feels like uh- oh what's going on like I, I can't handle this because I'm grounded in the real world.
1: yeah, whereas the all of the ones afterwards feel the opposite. you feel like you're on la la land like I completely agree yeah and, and frankly, if we go
0: with the we, we mentioned Thor a few times. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit of what loses you in, in later Thor movies, where it's like, the first Thor movie very grounded in reality for yes. for a lot of it, and now it's like, okay, we've got these supernatural things that are happening in real life. Then when you get to, like, Thor Ragnarok, the whole movie is although I th- in the world of
1: ridiculous. I, 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 I agree with that sentiment. However, I think a lot of people's, from from what I hear, I think a lot of people's favorite Thor movie is Ragnarok.
0: That's true, but that's just because it's silly.
1: And yeah. the first two are the second one is mind-numbingly boring. The second, yeah, the second one's the worst one. The second think, one is horrible. Everyone agrees. The second one you could do without. Yeah, I think I think that um, I tend to fall into the camp where I actually really like the first one the most because for the reasons you've laid out, mm. and for the reason that I like the first Santa Claus the most, I also kind of find it to be the funniest because of how you take this weird person and put him in reality. Yeah, and you got all but, these humans that are like, "What is your deal?" But where I would di- where I would differentiate Santa Claus and Thor is, I think, even though Thor gets ridiculous in the third and fourth one, you've if you've been part of the Marvel universe, you've already bought into the fact that it's an extraordinary universe. You have suspended disbelief already. Correct. Whereas in Santa Claus, because you're, it's not part of a greater universe, you're you're comparing everything to the first Santa Claus, um, and so you haven't really suspended disbelief unless you're choosing to suspend disbelief as you go along. Yeah. And and I I think that
0: it's kind of what you said um and I might be restating you that it's like the first movie lives on earth for yes. the most part. Yes. And and occasionally you get pulled away into the north pole nonsense, but ultimately Earth culture is the world. Yes. The second and third one, the second one's where he has to get married to Mrs. Claus. That basically, that movie lives on the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And and it's very, it's way less relatable yeah. to deal with North Pole problems. It feels more childish. Yeah. yeah. Whereas these are human problems. These are, what, what would happen if a human had to deal with these yeah. random Santa Claus problems while dealing with their human life? Right. At the second one, he's adopted life in the North Pole. Right. He's not really dealing with human problems anymore. Right. so It's
1: less relatable. Yeah. And, and to be fair, you can't really be upset that they went that direction because the reality is he is Santa Claus now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> So, like, it makes sense that they would do that. It
0: just, if you're saying what was the reason why the first one was so great, well, you wild. lose a little bit of that when you move into the second and third one. Now, Agreed. the third one, you do introduce Martin Short who is yep. a fantastic comedy actor. Wonderful. And so I, I have a difficult time disliking Martin Short in anything. Yep. That being said, the movie
1: itself just doesn't hold a candle to the first. Yep. In my opinion. In my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it's not like... Like, I saw it, and I don't feel the desire to watch it again. Sure. Exactly. Have you seen the show on Disney Plus? The new... I Disney am Plus unaware of it. Actually, I became aware it of it... Okay.
0: I, I became aware of it three minutes ago. When I typed "the Santa Claus" into IMDb and saw
1: TV series 2022, it just came. Yeah, and I think even the second there's a second season now. I haven't seen any of it. To Mm. be clear, so is Tim Allen in it? He is. Oh, it's his. It's that universe. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the SCU. (laughs) It's in the Tim Allen, the Scott Calvin universe. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) But um. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I, I think because of the 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 second and third Santa Claus movies, I assume that the TV show is probably going to feel more like those than the first one, so I'm not... But you like, have not watched it. Not, I don't feel the strong urge to, but I, pro- I mean, I would watch it if like... Someone wanted to. If you found out that that elf girl was in it. If Judy was in it. If Judy was in it.
0: (laughs) But see, they couldn't bring... That's the thing. You can't bring... Maybe they did, but... You have to get new kids, yeah. Yeah, you can't bring David Krumholtz back into that, because he's going to be a middle-aged man, and those elves don't
1: age. The way they portray elves in that universe... They're timelessly kids, Is They are kids, yeah. So you have to always get new actors as elves. Yeah. You can't let them age. Yeah. Is Bernard in the second one? I forget. There are answers to these, these questions. We're going to use Google to find this out. So while you're doing that, I think one of my favorite moments in the first Santa Claus movie is when Tim Allen thought that the real Santa Claus who fell off his roof was like some, imp, like, and he's like... Like an invader? He, yeah. He's out naked somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, was definitely, that was definitely one of those jokes that I think, <laughs> like, as a kid, you're like, that's funny, but you don't think about the fact that it's like, okay, if you were a homeowner and you heard, like, Something on your roof? You'd be like, uh, "I gotta invest. Should I be getting a gun?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, David
0: Crumholtz did play Bernard in the second one. I Gotcha. And and Neil Judge Reinhold, he was in the second one too. He was in the second one too. Nice. He
1: looks bad.
0: Woo. He did not age His well. His IMDb him. picture
1: looks looks rough. Oh yeah, how old is he now though?
0: He's probably he's probably an old fellow. Let's yeah, see. I mean, Judge he... Reinhold, he has my same birthday. May what? Twenty first. May twenty first. So I don't know what year it does. That's weird that it doesn't say what year he was born on. um.
1: He's self-conscious about his age.
0: But did you know Judge Reinhold was in, uh, he was in the Santa Claus, but he was also in Gremlins, which is a Christmas, that's one of those like quote unquote Christmas movies of like Die Hard where it's like. It takes place during Christmas. It takes place during Christmas, but it's not really a Christmas movie. It
1: doesn't really have a Christmas
0: moral. Also, interestingly, this is really down the rabbit hole, but, uh, Phoebe Cates, the only celebrity who has my same last name that I'm uh-huh. aware of and judge Reinhold are both in, uh, gremlins and fast times at Richmond high Interesting, as like kind of having a crush on each other, people in both. Um, so I, th- I found that interesting. I didn't realize that until very recently I watched gremlins. Again. You might be very extended families with this Phoebe. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not because she's a babe. I hope I'm not related <laughs> remove to remove it from the table. <laughs> Let's take that off the table. <laughs> I really hope she is not my third cousin. You know,
1: if you... <laughs> that is an interesting point. Like, I wonder if this has ever happened. I'm sure it's happened before. Where someone has the same last name as someone else they're interested in romantically, but they're actually not related. Uh-huh. And then they get married. They don't really... Neither of them have to change their last name.
0: Well... Okay, that's not where I thought that that thought was going to end. Okay, where do you it, think that thought? It was arrived end? at a different station. Okay, what um, station were you? I thought at? you were going to say like, you can't do a twenty-three and me if you <laughs> if you marry somebody who has your <laughs> same last name. You need to just be like, we are not doing ancestry checks at all because we, because we're already married. The sh- the hay is in the barn, so to speak. Yeah.
1: W- would you? I would, mean, if you are fourth or fifth cousins, like, eh. okay, let's w- hypothetical. So, you were single,
0: and you met and hit it off with another person
1: whose last name happened to be Chessworth. Okay, here's <laughs> what I would say. My name is not common enough for me to feel comfortable with that. Well, mine isn't either. Yeah.
0: So, you met another Chessworth. Yeah. Okay. It would be strange.
1: But, but you know, you're not
0: from here. The, the, the likelihood that you have any close blood relationship... Would be very thin, yeah. very very slim odds. Would you say we need to investigate our potential? Do, are we related before we move on to any next level? Getting married, getting yeah. getting serious about a relationship would would that be a prerequisite? Would you say I don't want to know? I like you, and I, and I don't want to find out. I think would that you not care. I would
1: have a hard time believing that she wouldn't want to find out. <laughs> can I say for a second,
0: This is why I love this podcast slash I love our con- th- this is an iconic situation of these are the conversations we have in that when we have a topic, anything can happen. We are talking about the Santa Claus, and it has become if you were dating somebody with your same last name, would you would you check the ancestry to make yeah, sure that there's you- no you- incestry happening? <laughs>
1: Ancestry to ancestry, Yeah, how did we get to this point? Phoebe Cates. Phoebe, oh yeah, she, okay. Who's a babe. Who's a babe. And um, she shares your last name. Got she shares it.
0: my last name and I hope I'm I, not related to her.
1: I have, I'm 99% sure that this mysterious female who shares my last name, I feel like, even if in the beginning I was in a little bit of denial, like, I don't need to know, like, I feel like she would get there before me and be like, we need to check. Or at some point, I'd be like, Man, I really should have checked. You know, I feel like at some point. <laughs> but it would, would, come up, you, would you, <laughs> you? Would you rather know or not know? Gosh, I feel, because, again, because my name is so rare, I feel like at least in the United States it is. Maybe in I mean, it's an English name. Maybe in England it's incredibly common. And um, but I think that would lead me to want to know. Whereas, like, if I my last name was like Smith. Or Johnson, you know, you'd be like, I I would be like, everyone's got that name. Sure, yeah.
0: So you would, you would probably look this up while dating.
1: I would. I think I would be suspect. Like I would be like, man, I'm. What would
0: be the threshold? What would be the threshold for we need to break the distance? So so okay,
1: the the remote, like the fourth, fifth cousin type thing. David
0: Chessworth. Yeah. You you met Lucia (laughs) Chessworth, and you did. You're like, all right. We need to do 23andMe. Like, let's just do it. We we both know that we need to find Isn't out. Isn't there
1: like a legal thing too? Like, legally, at like third cousin or something. It's okay. I don't well, know. No, it,
0: see, exactly. Yeah, I think that I think that beyond.
1: Like, second cousins it. might
0: be legal too, but no, no, we can leave legality in there. Le- legality, we can say that the law still is the law. Okay. You definitely can't marry a first cousin. Yeah, I think weird. second cousins might be legal. Maybe it's maybe it's different state by state. I'm talking out my butt. I don't know for sure. Yeah. We could look this up. We don't have a producer. All right, let's just let's just continue to talk out our butts. So but you're asking me? I'm at, asking you this: At what love? Okay, ask me this. You find out that you are fourth cousins. That means that you're great-grandparents were cousins, were first cousins. That'd be fourth cousins, right? First cousins means... So
1: we share a great-great-grandparent.
0: First cousins means we're cousins. Second cousins means our parents are cousins. Third cousins means our grandparents are cousins. Fourth cousins would be our great-grandparents are cousins. Exactly right. We share a great-great-grandparent. Would you break up over that if it were the same situation. You and your now wife, you're you love each other, you're destined to be married. We're already you... married when we find out nope. is that what you're nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. You're dating. You're dating. But you're on the same exact trajectory that you would be with your now wife. Oh, she can't listen to this now. Okay.
3: You're on the, <laughs>
0: you're on the same exact trajectory that listen. you would be on with your now wife, but the only difference is that you have the same last name, so you looked it up. She's not from Moldova, she's from somewhere in America. Um Or England. Or England. You looked it up. You found out, oh my gosh, we're fourth cousins. Isn't that crazy? Do you break up? Does
1: it affect your relationship? I think I think the undeniable answer is yes, it affects our relationship. Positive. I mean, I don't know that it affects it negatively enough. Your kids wouldn't be messed up because of it. That's far, no, that's far no, enough to No, the genetic to... problem doesn't... We have enough genetic diversity to avoid that problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um... I mean, on I the know. holiday episode. In the holiday <laughs> episode, at what point does incest
0: become okay?
3: <laughs> what's your, your
2: barrier?
0: What are your favorite what's holiday your... family
2: memories? <laughs> okay, what you point...
1: What's your what's your threshold for incest?
0: Okay, okay, David, I'm tired. You find out that you're fourth cousins. What what do you do?
1: Fourth cousins. Man, I think I, I I think the most honest I can be, because I haven't thought deeply enough about it, is we would have to have a conversation as a couple about like what this means. So okay. Okay, think, I'm I'm here. I'm her.
2: Hey, I just got the uh I just got the results back. Are we I real just, funny? Let's, let's look at it. It it mm-hmm. seems that we have the same Great, I'll be Lucia. It seems like we have the same great grandfather. In Uh, my my family must have emigrated from Moldova into England, and it seems that we have the same same great great grandfather. Isn't that weird? What do you think about that, David?
1: This is heavy stuff.
2: Yes, it is Uh very heavy, very heavy stuff.
1: Well. We share a, a really good... We share the same sense of humor. Yes, you deal. We both enjoy being physically active.
2: I love being physically active.
1: <laughs> we, uh, we have a lot of great memories together.
2: Oh, they're memories? Does that mean you're leaving me?
1: No, I didn't say that.
2: Why are you talking about memories? I'm so, talking about well, right now.
1: Okay, hold on, Lucia. What do you <laughs> think of this? I think that I, I love you, David. <laughs> well, then let's do it. Right here? Right now. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So you would stay with her.
1: Uh, I guess. And You would stay together. That's how it played out. Yeah. Did you like my Lucia impression? That was, I, I thought she was in the room. <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference. Like, I was like, does Lucia have a beard? Where, where did... Uh, did, you, did you just channel my wife? <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was a Moldovan accent or a Hungarian accent. <laughs> no, the Hungarian accent would be... Ugh. David, I, uh, I just think
2: to uh, you are the result uh, of, our, of our ancestry that come. Uh, we are
1: for cousin. Well, if that was her accent, I would be a clear yes. It <laughs> wouldn't even need to be a discussion. <laughs> she sounded like a 90-year-old Japanese man. <laughs> so, David, um,
2: do you have any additional thoughts about the Santa Claus? <laughs>
1: Well, I think the conversation we took was a very natural one and a very common one that most people probably have. And I think I'll, because it's so relatable, I think we should leave it at that. All right. All right. Let's
0: do one more topic and then we'll <laughs> go into debate. Class.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: <laughs> I think incestry.com might be. I mean, we need to. Incestry. We're sitting on a we gold should,
1: mine. We should go on GoDaddy and find out. Ancestry. All right, this one looks like it's one of yours. Okay. Okay. When is the right time to put up or take down decorations? Am I first or are you first? You're first. You, you Whoever pulls first. it. Yep. All right. Well, in our family, me and Lucia, who, just to clarify, is not my fourth cousin. <laughs> <laughs> But she's so awesome that if she was my fourth cousin, and if she was okay with it, we, we okay would still be together. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, she's going to be so weirded out by that.
2: <laughs> she's going to be like, hey, you Lu- guys yeah. are
0: idiots. I still like you, even yeah. if, even if uh, you're... By the way, if you listen to, like, um, Lu- Lucia is in every episode. She's the one who says, you guys are dumb. That's true. At the beginning of, she is. That's of every episode. That's her voice. Yeah,
1: She is, yeah. So, okay, well, in our family... So, in Moldova, they are Russian Orthodox, or at least in my, my wife's family, they are Russian Orthodox, which means that they have a different calendar for when Christmas is. Okay. Christmas is in January 10th, I think. I might have that exact date wrong, but it's in January. So, in our family, the right time to take down decorations is mid-January because okay. we, we keep up our decorations until the Orthodox Christmas is over which we're historically speaking we're the last ones to take down our decorations in this neighborhood. Most people I've noticed in our neighborhood take them down within a week after Christmas.
0: Is the Orthodox Christmas does that like correlate with like epiphany like the 12 days
1: after Christmas? I you know I I'm gonna butcher it I, I think that they just have a different calendar and they think that the events actually happened on a different day. Sure I can accept that yeah, yeah. but I might be butchering that I might have that wrong. So you would say shortly after the Orthodox Christmas. Correct. Within a week after the Orthodox Christmas, we should be taking it down. And I would say if we didn't do Orthodox, I would say within within a week after whenever you celebrate Christmas. That's Okay, so that's what
0: I was about to ask, which is, if you didn't believe that, if you were like, Jesus was born on December 25th, if that was your, your take, you would have your stuff down around New Year's. Right. Correct. When do you put it up? After Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So certainly not before Thanksgiving, in so our family, nary a
1: decoration up before Thanksgiving. Right. Now, I, I have seen some in our neighborhood. I think most people follow suit with that, but I have seen neighborhoods, and I think the radio station starts playing Christmas music after Halloween. It's, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's November like two one, of Christmas. Yeah,
0: it's holidays. Is it? I don't know if this is an old man take. Because this could be a, it's always been this way, Benji, but you're just becoming an old man. <laughs> I feel like holidays are definitely expanding just out. That it's I like, don't
1: think that's an old man too.
0: People start celebrating Halloween, like, September 1st. And as soon as Halloween's over, it's Christmas time. And, and Christmas trees are going up, like, November 1st. It's like, there's no, um, I'm not Catholic, but the, the, Cal- the Catholics would call it Ordinary time, which is the time when you're, that you're not actively celebrating a holiday. Uh, is ordinary time, right?
1: I didn't know that.
0: It's like we can't have ordinary time between, you know, Labor Day and... Is
1: Halloween a, a, a spiritual holiday? No,
0: no, but I'm, okay. I'm, I'm speaking, I'm extrapolating I that concept to the way that we celebrate holidays you know, in, in our society, which it's like, all right, there's a time between Labor Day and, like, the start of October where we can just kind of be... Where we can be chilling, Ordinary. like and just have have it be September, right? Like we can live our lives. We don't have to have skeletons, uh, everywhere on September fifteenth, mm-hmm. right? Just like we don't have to have uh snowmen decorations or Santa Clauses out on November thirteenth. You know, yeah. we can we can enjoy Thanksgiving a little bit. Um, I always also, uh, growing up, we set up our decorations the day after Thanksgiving. That was yeah. like the tradition. It was like Correct. that was part of the Black Friday experience was and i think it is the objectively correct thing to do i agree yeah (laughs) drink in thanksgiving people allow thanksgiving to still be a holiday i feel like if thanksgiving is a thing that interrupt that is just like an interruption of your christmas celebration
1: then thanksgiving loses a little bit of its appeal well i think i think that most people approach the holidays like the movie the nightmare before christmas it's halloween and christmas and that's it yeah and, and Thanksgiving agree. is just that one turkey door that you kind of blip over
0: yeah absolutely oh. that that yeah if if Thanksgiving is November 25th well on November 24th you're celebrating Christmas you're taking a break from celebrating Christmas for one day to celebrate Thanksgiving maybe you celebrate Black Friday back to Christmas yes um which I think is Not fair to Thanksgiving.
1: Enjoy Thanksgiving a little more. Yeah. Enjoy the run-up to Thanksgiving. You know, what's interesting is I feel like Halloween and Christmas are the most, like, dragged out holidays. And the most different holidays. And completely, like, there's, like, no one's like, all right. It's June 1st. Let's start getting ready for the 4th of July.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's patriotic season, everyone! <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Who's got your red, white, and blue yeah. out? Exactly. Time to watch a
0: patriotic movie. Do we want to watch a patriotic movie? That's right, that's Let's right. watch Independence Day <laughs> on J- June 17th.
1: <laughs>
0: <Seven>. <laughs> that's a great point.
1: Yeah. Halloween and Christmas, I guess, became the most commercial. But I mean they're great holidays. I mean I can't blame them for becoming that because they're really great holidays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For very different reasons. Yeah. I think I think that Halloween is the Christmas of non family
1: holidays. Yes. That's true. It's really about friends and yep. costumes and being goofy and going out. Debauchery, even for yeah. some. That that it's like
0: it's the I can be an adult and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And and Christmas is kind of the I can be a kid yeah. and not feel bad about it. That's a really
1: good perspective. I never yeah. thought of it that way. I I never have either, but yeah. this is why we Until talk. This is this why we have conversations.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah,
1: cool. And huh. I, yeah, and, and I mean coincidentally, those are probably two of my favorite holidays too. So I fall into that cliche, but I do think that it's overkill to start celebrating Christmas right after Halloween. I completely agree. It kind of takes away some of the excitement. I think. Yeah, you start. You get to the point where you are like, all right, I am sick of this.
0: Did you have any specific setting up holiday decorations traditions when you were growing up with your family?
1: The the, tr- the Christmas tree. So we would all, like, my mom would do most of the indoor stuff. My dad would do most of the outdoor stuff. Um, but with, when it came to the Christmas tree, we would all go, we would do a real life live tree. Mm. At least, you know, growing up from, like, being four years old to 18 years old. And when my siblings were there, we would do a real tree. Um, and we would go pick out a tree together. We'd pick our favorite one, just like in Charlie Brown, and it, it, it usually wasn't like the, the weird one. We would pick one that we thought was really cool, nice, and um, and then we would, we all ha- would have our case of ornaments that were specific to us, like, you know, I played the bassoon in the band, so I had a bassoon one, and like different art projects I did as a kid became ornaments and whatever. So there was a
0: box of ornaments that said David
1: on it. Correct. Cool. And gotcha. and, and we all would put up our special projects and memories, and collectively our family would put those on the tree together and then um this isn't really part of like a decoration but we would all but part of like a family tradition is on christmas eve we would open up one present and then the rest of the presents would be on christmas day and santa would come on christmas day new presents would appear and um um and then we would want now the
0: christmas eve presents those were not
1: purported to be from santa those would have been like these
0: are family presents they were they were
1: actually the christmas eve presents were always from the family pets Oh. and they were always they were always <laughs> holiday pajamas that we would put on that night and and wear the next day fantastic that steal was, that idea
0: if you're listening yeah. steal that idea yeah. what a great idea
1: it, yeah, it was perfect in, in fact it became a like in my earlier childhood it was like just like pick any present that's already under the tree and then like it became more formal probably when i was like ten, from 10 to 18 from that was my age is when it, that tradition started which is wonderful. We'd put cookies and carrot cookies out for Santa, carrots and celery out for the reindeer, and um, and we would watch the cartoon Grinch, the original cartoon, yeah, not, not the Benedict Cumberbatch one, the old one that was like twenty minutes. Um, and there's there's kind of a there's kind of a major one in between those two, the Jim Carrey one. It's weird that, but you that's did, not a cartoon. But that,
0: that wasn't the one you said. Oh, I i yep. get what you're saying yeah, yeah the yeah. cartoon one that is not the seat i i'm with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. sorry
1: the jim carrey one's my favorite one to watch I, I just i i love jim carrey i like his work it's just a really long one so like the, the cartoon the old cartoon one is also a great one and um it captures the essence of it and that was only like a half hour long it's a low time commitment yeah, yeah. and we would put we would drink eggnog and have like some sort of dessert and then we would go to bed and um when i was really little I may have already mentioned this in a prior podcast when we talked about holiday traditions as one of the topics. Like, we were talking about mystical creatures and stuff. Sure. But my siblings didn't want me to find out about... Oh, fantasy. they were all on board. They were all on board. And then there the plane... Did I tell you about the airplane with the red light? Yep. Then you okay. would look out the. hey, David! There's a there Yeah, it really threw Okay, cool. So, anyways, yeah. that was a long roundabout way of saying... If you want to hear the story, go back to episode two. Yeah, episode two. I or believe. three. No, two. I think it was episode two that we talked about holiday mascots... I think You so. don't get to hear it here. You have to go back and listen. That's right. So anyways, I guess if I were to... The most specific answer to your question is ornaments on the tree. What's yours? What was my question? What Were there any traditional de- holiday decorations you did as a family?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, didn't, I, I answered your question, and then I answered questions you didn't ask. <laughs> I
0: forgot what my question was. That about. So we had a very... Um, When I look back on it, it seems very structured, but in real time it did not feel like, it didn't feel like we were on a schedule. But I will say, it was very much tradition that uh, every uh, Black Friday, you know, day after Thanksgiving, would be our setting up Christmas decorations day. I would say from, you know, from the ages that I was cognizant, we'll say, you know, four or five, till going to college, I would say... You know, out of those 13 years, we probably did it this way. 11 out of the 13 years, um, was that we would set up our Christmas tree and we had, you know, a variety of non-Christmas tree interior decorations. I know that we had like holiday themed Muppets and stuffed animals that were the cat, the cast of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that we'd set on the mantle and, you know, just various interior interior Christmas decorations that anyone in the family could set up. Also Christmas tree and ornaments, um... And we'd always do that, like, probably around 4 or 5 p.m. on the day after Christmas. I think that of those 11 years, probably nine of them we used – we had an artificial tree that we used uh-huh. the same one every year. But there were times that we used a real tree. Um, I, I think in my later teen years, we started doing real. a real Christmas tree. Um but we would it's always more work. it is a lot more work and, you know you have to vacuum up the uh, vacuum yeah. up the needles and water it and water it to make sure that you're not going to burn your house down because of it uh but we would always order best of fasta pizza this podcast sponsored by best of fasta pizza in mansfield ohio <laughs> um, we would order we best... have a lot
1: of sponsors we're very <laughs> popular we're,
0: yeah we're making we're making that monday um but we'd get best of fasta pizza and we would get jones potato chips a mansfield ohio institution and um chip dip and we'd set up tv trays and so we would once we set up all of the decorations the reward was we would get we'd have pizza chips and dip two liter bottles of coca-cola these are all like vivid memories that yeah and we would sit down and we would watch christmas vacation every single year Christmas Vacation was the movie that, that accompanied was movie. that was your where you would watch the cartoon grinch. We would watch Christmas Vacation. So every year it was a guarantee that we watched Christmas Vacation as a family. And
1: I think it's nice that families have something like that.
0: Absolutely. I, I think it was great. I think it was a wonderful tradition. And my mom would always there there's the scene where Clark is really upset and he goes on a tirade With curse words, there is an F word in that movie, even though it's PG thirteen. And my mom would manually bleep everything with her mouth. She, he's such a brainless beepless. And like, my mom would be going beep, beep, beep with her voice throughout to try to censor that part for the children, (laughs) so that we could watch this PG a Yep, she knew she knew where to put the beeps, Um, but she couldn't beep when that uh when that hot Victoria's Secret lady was showing her underwear that she could you know uh, you oh, can't she, see the line Can your yeah, grass visually bleak that you know what that was that was always a good a good time getting getting to see those parts of the movie but
1: was that always I, strange seeing that next to your sisters and your mother or were you like it was fine i i'm sure i didn't care yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it
0: uh, i'm a 13 year old boy this is the height of like, the height of life amazing. right here yeah um but, yeah, we always watched that together. And I will say, exterior decorations were not as set in stone as to when we did that. That was generally based on, like, oh, we've got a Saturday with warm weather in Ohio. This is a perfect time Let's get out to, to, to get on the road. Would you help your dad or are... yep. your mom or whoever? Yep. Uh, I would say in my younger age, I was probably the, I move the ladder, you know, or, like, I do little things while dad is up on the ladder, you know. Um, and then I got to the point where I would be up on the ladder setting things up, nice. or you know, there be there would be more of a teamwork. Yeah. At when I'm 15 or 16 years old, um, setting things up, whereas it was like a, you know, how you give little kids token jobs that yeah. you could easily do your own on your own, but to make them feel like they're doing something, yeah, it was probably more of that. now. untangle this ball of wires kind of situation when I was younger.
1: Now both of us grew up. In the Midwest, so... Yes. For my case, it was Illinois, you and Ohio. So we both had snow, ample snow. hmm Was building snowmen or snow forts a common thing in your... Family? Oh,
0: absolutely, but that wasn't a Christmas tradition, because at least... I mean, I'm sure it was... Our climates were probably very similar. Yeah. You couldn't rely on having snow in December. Most of the time, you did. I would say most Christmases... Like in,
1: January, February.
0: Yeah, I would say there's probably a 60% chance that there would be snow on the ground at Christmas... But the time when you're actually going to have a volume of snow that you're making a snowman or a snow fort or whatever, that's, that's, a, that's a late January, early February kind of thing. When you're getting eight or nine inches of snow that you can actually do something creative with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, snowman, Snowmen for me would not be a Christmas tradition. Fair enough. Would you say it was for you?
1: No, for the same reason I wouldn't say. But if the snow was there early enough, I would absolutely make
0: it. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely, and and if you're if you had an, I, I would describe it as unseasonably early. Yeah. If you were getting you know seven inches of snow before Christmas, yeah. then that's fantastic. If you can have a real snowman in your yard for Christmas time, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it just would be rare that that would happen.
1: Yeah, I would say though we had a white Christmas more often than not, but it wasn't like inches and inches of snow.
0: Yeah, you would have a dusting, you would have visible snow. Yeah. I would say that's like the 60% chance yeah. that that would have happened.
1: Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Cool.
0: Um, as for when do you take down decorations, I would say personally, I hate winter. Okay, so winter is my least favorite time of the year. I hate the cold. I hate the fact that I'm using hate a lot, but you know what? I, I hate it. I hate the cold. I hate the lack of color. The fact that it's just gray every day. Mm -hmm. So I would not be in any particular hurry to get the decorations down. keeps the color. It keeps the color. It keeps the holidays alive. It it makes you relate more happily. Is that
1: in practice what your family did too?
0: I think we took the decorations down sometime in January. I don't think growing up we were in any huge hurry, but we also weren't the kind of people that had them up for Easter. Yeah. That being said, In my mind, the take it down by date is February 1st. I I would say the month of January, the month of January just extends Christmas spirit into January and it makes it so that you don't have to embrace the cold death of winter any too early. Now, now that I moved to the South, I don't know if that will change my perspective on that because it's not cold and bleak. Through the winter, right? Um, but in the Midwest, it's like, why would I not want some extra color and happiness around on January twenty second? Like, oh, there's no, it's arbitrary. There's no reason to rush to take these decorations down. Yeah, it's like nobody's gonna think you're tacky if your Christmas trees up. Yeah, exterior lights. People yeah. might drive by and be like, "Eh." Honestly, I will say, I'm talking to you, people at home, person at home, uh. If you are judging a house that's decorations are up on January 15th, you need to evaluate yourself, and you need to take fun lessons. Because
1: <laughs> if, if... Fun lessons. You need you need some fun lessons. If You if can go to Vengecates.fun.com. F- lessons. Abs- slash lessons. Slash lessons. Sorry, excuse me.
0: Yeah, dot HTML. Um, <laughs> but honestly, if, if, if you are thinking negatively about somebody who still has their decorations up in January, maybe you're the problem because enjoy it. It's nice. You get it. You get it for a maximum of, of two months out of the year. Yeah. 17% of the year. Yeah. Enjoy it. Live a little man. Just get it down by groundhog day. Yeah. Get it down by groundhog day.
1: And, and it's fine. Let people be happy. Just to throw another perspective your way. This is not me, but I do think that there are people who enjoy judging. And if you had you not left the lights up, the person who enjoys judging wouldn't have the opportunity. It's like the Spider Man okay. symbiote. Yeah. They would
0: cling onto something else.
1: Yeah. They'd they, judge they, you yeah. for something else. So you, in, in, a, in a strange way, that person who's judging. Is given a gift by you keeping those lights off because you you are giving them an opportunity to judge. You're welcome, judgmental person. (laughs) And maybe maybe they don't hit their
0: kid that day because (laughs) they got it out of their system.
1: Exactly. Um, You're welcome. You're welcome. So you're welcome to those who get positive out of it and you're welcome to those who judge out of it. Yep. You're right. For some people,
0: judgmental life is like a sport and they need it. They need to judge and you can judge away. Yeah. If it's January 29th and I've got And if they weren't
1: going to judge your lights, they were going to judge your fire hydrant or whatever, you know, my fire hydrant. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what your fire hydrant looks like. I mean, How makes... would you judge a fire hydrant? David? I mean, by its color? By what color should a fire hydrant be? Yellow or red? I I think red makes it jumps out more. Uh-huh. I think it makes I think it's for like the fire people. Uh-huh. It's a better color, but I think if you're a homeowner, you'd prefer yellow because it's more subtle. Sure. Okay. This has been Fire Hydrant Talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are your thoughts on fire hydrant colors? I, I think that neither yellow nor red is a subtle color. <laughs> I think they're both. You pretty. don't think? Wait, hold I on. think they both pop equally.
1: But, but I mean, I think that yellow look. It's I not like
0: construction workers wear yellow vests or anything. Orange. Okay, highway workers, what, they were yellow. It's like tennis ball color.
1: Yeah, okay. Yellow is, hey, yellow okay, is okay, an yeah. alert color. Well, that's like a lion. Red is line. also an alert color. Yeah. So, well, yellow, but I think yellow kind of has more of a plant color to it. Whereas red, like roses are red, but how violets many plants are, are red? Yeah, and violets are violet. I don't know why the poem is like that. I violets don't. are purple. <laughs> yeah, well, <it's
3: laughs>
1: are <you> <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever thought that before? Like roses are red, violets are blue, and then you're like, no, actually, violet is a purple shade. I the the color violet absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I'm I don't know if I've ever seen a the flower known as a violet. Hold on, can you Google Google the flower violet? Let's see and and if it's blue, then whoever named it is a moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It should have been called indigo or you know or i mean indigo is an interesting color cuz sometimes it has more of a blue tint and sometimes it has more of a yellow t- or, i mean not yellow god i think i can say Safe that the thing. flower known as a violet is, is purple. purple. that is purple so, that is purple as the
0: day is long man. so
1: whoever came up with that poem dumb idiot and everyone followed we all fo- okay go for it it was purplish roses audible. are
0: red violets are purple you are putting yourself in a real box for a for a poem
1: I agree, but why use violet? There's probably a blue flower out there.
0: Roses are red. Sunflowers are yellow. You make me a very happy fellow.
1: See? Hold on. Google blue flower. I'm sure a blue flower exists. Okay, well, you got to talk about something while we do this. All right, so I'm just saying, I was thinking about this recently. How did all of society just accept roses are red, violets are blue, and just run with it? Like... Because Violet, it, the name itself clearly tells you that violets are not blue. I'd be like, all right, um, roses are red, oranges are green, <laughs> you know? irises are blue. Uh, okay, so irises are blue. It could, roses are red, irises are blue. Poppies are blue. Poppies are blue. So any other, you could have taken any actual blue flower. ranges. <laughs> that that's tough. I think actually iris. Orchids? Orc- orchids. Orchids are blue. that has the same. same Although or- orchids come in many colors. So I could see where maybe, you know, orchids can be blue, but they're not always blue. But anyway, I mean, iris, iris would be a good one. Roses are red. Irises are blue. You're Himalayan key. poppies. So the Himalayan
0: poppies are blue. In fact, um I believe that the the flower in um Batman begins the blue flower that he has to get to the make the make the like fear serum yeah. is a Himalayan poppy because it's like opium. Yeah. Like it messes with your brain a little bit, right?
1: <laughs> you heard the Dimitri Martin joke? 20 beautiful people. I think they named oranges before they named carrots. Episode one. Go back and listen to that. We said that already, right? You sure did. Ah, nice.
0: Okay. List of blue flowers. This is a great, we great conversation. We got hydrangeas. Hydrangea, okay. Salvius. Okay. Ooh, I think that's Ooh. like a drug. Lily of the Nile. Rose of Sharon. Cornflowers. Cornflowers are blue. Morning glories. That looks purple, though. Irises way. look purple. Okay.
1: Morning glories are like kind of a bush. I wonder if. Okay. So you okay? I was having a conversation the other day with a female coworker, where hair when you're referring to hair, sure. So someone got their hair colored at work, and they they were describing it as too orange. But as I was looking at it, it looked gold. Their and I hair. was yeah, and I was like, "What do you mean? I don't see any orange in your hair." And she's like, "Well, in hair terms, this would be too orange." And I'm like, "There's literally not a single strand of orange in your hair. It looks gold." And you're like, well, with hair terms, this would be orange. I wonder if in flowers terms, blue and purple are the same. That's a very good point because we were, I was,
0: I mean, as this is bad podcasting, but I was looking at a list of blue flowers. You were, you were kind of looking over my shoulder and there were some that were on this list of blue flowers that any person with any sense would look at that and be like, what color is that? It's purple. Yeah. And by that logic, Violets are would be blue. a blue, yeah. So is it like blue is more of a ca- classification of flower? Yeah, that could be anything from blue, just on the blue side of green, to full blown
1: purple. Right. Maybe, yeah. Okay, you know what? I, I'm a little less angry now about it. It's like roses, or sorry, flowers are either red, blue, or yellow. However, and they fall into one of. I'm two. a little less angry about it. However, oh. I would be inclined to think that whoever's classifying it would probably be a guy because i don't know if you you've ever talked detail. i don't know if you've ever talked to a girl about paint colors or any color like like this room i would describe the walls in this room as white but when we were picking out paint colors this was actually like misty snowflake blue or something i don't i don't know but like like Lucio would look at five different shades of white and tell me that none of them are white. Now I'd be like, "Those are all white." That's eggshell, bro. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> <That's> ivory. <laughs> so I think that I'm less, a little less angry about the, yeah.
0: Violets men, blue. men live in a Crayola yeah. sixteen crayon box world, where women may live in the one hundred and twenty eight pack world. Where
1: yes, it's like we need cerulean, and it's like, no, it's blue. And the bro. fact that roses are red, violets are blue is probably a guy trying to sway a girl. It's. It was probably a guy who said violets were blue. Do you think that there's an answer? Do you think anybody know. knows who wrote Roses are Red? The very first person. But I'm surprised that the girlfriend or the wife of them did not just, like, correct him entirely and be like, that's actually burgundy or that's actually whatever shade of purple. Um. 19, uh, 1590... Wow, 15, oh, it actually has an origin date. Okay.
0: It, it is believed the origins, of the, po- the origins of the poem can be traced back as far as 1590 by Sir Edmund <laughs> Spence. I knew it.
1: It's a dude. <laughs> it's a dude. It
0: had to be a there dude. There's no
1: way a girl would have said violets or blue. The attention to detail was not there. <laughs> there were two yeah. colors for that man. There was red and blue. That was it. Yeah. I want to know what the lady looked I like. I bet green that. was blue for him and yellow was red for him. I would bet you. What do you want to bet? Well, I mean, <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> We're not going to find the answer. It is also not worth researching. It's an researching. unfalsifiable answer, but I, I would, my, my instinct tells me if he thinks violets are blue, he thinks that green is also blue, and he thinks that orange is also red, or yellow is also red. I agree.
0: Yeah, that okay. if he saw an orange chrysanthemum, he'd be like, the beautiful red
1: flower. Yes. Yeah. He would. I'm with you. And any girl would be like, No. That- that's Tangerine. Do you think that when he wrote that poem, you know, that
0: poem that stood the test of time nearly, you know, a, a, around 450 years later, do you think that the woman that he gave that poem to at first was like,
1: you're an idiot, Violet's or purple? Either, there's only two pa- plausible scenarios in my mind. Either she thought exactly what you just said, or she was colorblind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blue flower, red thorns. Blue flower, red thorns. It's so much easier if it was a color punch
1: Shrek. Shrek. So, do you have any other thoughts on what was that topic? Christmas decorations. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any other thoughts on Christmas decorations?
0: Take them down by Groundhog Day. Don't be judgmental, unless you're just a
1: judgmental person. Yeah.
0: In which case, keep it to yourself. Yeah, and
1: just. I think judgmental people get a, a rise out of being judgy, so just keep it to yourself. Do it, but keep it to yourself and let others. If that's what you have to do, if that's what you got to do to be happy, but just don't drag other people. Just down. don't drag others down. Yeah. yeah, because if drag if being judgy lifts you up, that was a gift from us to you that you were had the opportunity to be judgy. But know that being judgy towards others outwardly doesn't lift them up, and so, nobody's gonna like you for it. Exactly. So. I think that was our moral of our story. We could be a SpongeBob episode. <laughs> if you need to judge, <laughs>
0: yeah. judge. But
1: keep it to yourself.
0: But keep it to yourself. All right. All right. Should we debate now? Let's debate. Is
1: this debate? All right.
0: It is time for debate club. So um, while he grabs the debate club hat. Oh, you, yeah. you can be. You can will take okay. the coin. Right. Right, um, so here's how debate club works. We have two different debate topics. Usually... We do a debate topic that neither of us is aware of, that we pulled from the internet or pulled from a stack of would-you-rather... Are you reading it? David!
1: Sorry. I didn't... Whoa! I actually didn't read it all the way through. I didn't read it all the way through. Dude. Okay, I picked it. All I...
0: Okay, here's what I David would do. just gave himself a 15-second 15 heads... 15 head start on Debate Club while I was giving explanations. Okay. He was cheating. If you're listening... He was cheating. So if
1: I win, he won't give me credit for it. That's what I'm getting out of We're this. We're building an asterisk right now. A big well, asterisk. So either he wins or I didn't win. That's the the meanwhile, side. while David
0: was unfairly ba- building his argument that I'm, I did not have the opportunity to build because I was giving... I was explaining... I not <laughs> <that> smart. <laughs> while I was explaining how Debate Club works and David was on his phone researching the topic... Um, <laughs>
1: My phone is currently recording.
0: (laughs) So here's how Debate Club works. We have a topic that theoretically neither of us are well-versed on. And even if you did look at it, one of us knows the topic that was created was created by one of the two of us this time. Because we wanted to have a holiday-themed debate. Yes. Now, what we don't know is who's going to be on which side. We've got a coin that is Turkish, apparently. We've got a Turkish coin here we're going to flip. And that's going to decide who is on which side of the argument. Um, and once we decide who's on which side of the argument, we're just gonna have a knockdown drag out debate about the topic. Our goal is to to be right.
1: Yeah, so even if in our heart of hearts we don't agree with the side that we're given, we have to defend it. And our only objective is to convince you, the audience, that we are right and that I am right and he is wrong or he is right and I'm wrong. But here's the thing, I'm right and he's wrong. Yeah. And see, he's already wrong, so <laughs> I think he's off to a rough start. Alright, right. so you drew you drew one from the hat. Drew one from and the I'm hat. guessing based on the
0: fact that you had to read it that it was the one that I wrote.
1: It was the one that you wrote. Okay. And I only saw half of it, so I don't even know what I'm comparing it to.
0: David, for the peak for the person at
1: home, go ahead and read right. read our debate topic. Debate Club. What is the better movie? Home Alone, or, which is Heads, or Home Alone 2, which is Tails.
0: Okay. Our debate topic is, which is the better movie, Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2? I'm going to flip the coin, okay. and whichever one it lands on is the side I'm going to take. Okay. Okay, because that's how it just has to go. Okay. Um, I'm going to say the one that says... <laughs> it just has to go that way. The side with the fish. Well, I mean, hell, there's no, like, flip a coin, call it in the air, Heads or Tails. Right. 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 So... If it's the fish, it's heads. If it's the not fish, it's tails. All right. Okay. And, um, heads is Home Alone 1?
1: Yes. Heads is Home Alone 1. Tails is Home Alone 2. All right. 2. So I'm flipping.
0: I will be taking the tails side, which so is you're, Home Alone you're,
1: 2. You're, okay. So I'm saying Home Alone 1. You're saying Home Alone 2. Would you like to start? Heads or tails? Okay. Tails.
0: It's heads. I'm going to allow you to start. Go ahead. All
1: right. Well, I think I'm just going to start simply by saying that Home Alone 2 couldn't even exist without Home Alone 1. So however good Home Alone 2 might be, it would only, if you remove Home Alone 1 from it, Home Alone 2 is nothing. So, I mean, so that's my starting point. Now, let me also say that Home Alone, the first one, is much more conceivably realistic. And so I think just the relatability to that is a much more plausible scenario adds to the element of it being a, a better movie. But also, because it was such a good movie, it gave the opportunity for the second one to exist. So I think that's going to be my starting point. I'll save some other points for later, and I'll pass it on to you. What's your starting What's your starting statement? Okay, well,
0: without A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back couldn't exist. I, I couldn't and, agree more. And without Batman Begins, The Dark Knight couldn't exist. So if we're going to say sequels cannot be better than the original because they're a sequel... That's we, that's a nonsense argument. If a sequel is good, it can be better than the original. Sure, I, I will agree with the argument that it couldn't exist without the original. But that's, I mean, that's not, uh, is it better or worse? Now, I know that there's a long lineage of sequels that underperform the original or that are lame remakes of the original, whatever. Um, I don't think that that is the case with Home Alone 2. I think that Home Alone 2 kind of was the pokemon evolution of home alone one <laughs> but they said like hey you liked what we had going on in home alone one let's go ape with it in home alone two you liked um you liked the fact that these criminals are injured well now they should be dead because we took this up to 11 with this one we're electrocuting them and we are like completely brutalizing these guys home alone two is just it's way more fun home alone one i will agree uh, lived a little bit more in reality, where Home Alone 2 was, you had to suspend disbelief a little bit more. I agree. But I'm not watching it because of how realistic it is. Frankly, the first one is pretty unrealistic if you actually think about it anyway. So if we're going to live in a in a world where this kid can conceivably in three hours make this death trap of a house, he might as well make it crazy, which is the second one. Um, also, the heartfeltness is much I, I'm jumping into arguments. Opening argument over. Now I'm going you into go like it, go supporting arguments, which is um Kevin's relationship with the bird lady I think is a lot sweeter and and more wholesome than his relationship with the scary um Shovel Man. Shovel man in the first one who looks like Sigmund Freud or whatever. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I like the fact that you get to see uh that you get to see New York. Also the cameos in the second one are awesome. You have cameos by Tim Curry, cameos by Rob Schneider. Donald Trump st- steps in for a moment <laughs> in the second one. Um, the lady from uh from Beetlejuice and the Adams family, the red red-haired lady not not Catherine O'Hara, but the other red-haired well, lady. Catherine O'Hara is the mom. Who who also is in there, but she's in both. Yeah. But she works at the hotel in the in the second one that it's just kind of like You liked it? Well, now we made everything bigger and better, and now we're going to get to run around in a toy store for a little bit. We're going to get to see some New York sites, and the second one is just, it's just more fun. It's not as stressed out about the, it's not as stressed out about the potential bad Mm -hmm. that happens, but we get to also see Kevin play around in New York a little bit, which is a little bit more fun than just playing around his own house, right? So I think that the second one is a lot more fun. It's
1: bigger, it's badder, it's better in every kind of way. Go ahead, David. So just to be clear, I'm not I'm not saying that Home Alone Two is a bad movie. I, I think it's a a wonderful movie. Um, but the question is, which one is better? Sure. So I, I think that and, and here's what I would agree with. Here's where I would agree with you. Both movies have a, a, a level of unrealistic like that probably wouldn't happen. However, in terms of like believing that something like that could happen, I think I think the viewer needs to be treated like like they're an intelligent viewer. Right. Okay. The, the, the second one kind of says to you clearly, like, this is just for fun, right? Whereas the first one is like something you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that. If you have that many kids and that many cousins and you're that late and you're running, you're stressed and all of these variables that you could have this horrific thing happen to you where you left one of your family members back home. Like, there's a scene in Home Alone 1 where they're rushing to clean up dinner. The dad is like, he picks up a napkin and the napkin happens to have Kevin's ticket in it. He throws it in the garbage. And then when they're doing roll call, they're like, they're rushing. And he's like, all right, we clearly passed out all the tickets. There's a lot of people and, and therefore, you know, like he's not going to, it's not like he only has two or three kids to, to, to account for. I mean, well, they're all there in the second one too. Sure. Sure. However, and they do kind of address it in the second one. However, you would think that, that they would pay extra, extra close attention that they're not going to miss. So I think that in the second one, they kind of had to fudge over that to in order to get to the fun parts of the second one. I completely agree
0: with that argument by the way. Okay. I will say the likelihood that the year after I think it's a year later. It's one year later. one year later. the likelihood that one year after leaving your child behind on a vacation that that same child could be left behind is is zero. Yeah. that you are you are completely suspending disbelief to even think that the second one yeah. has a plausible premise. But I will say the likelihood of it happening in the first one is zero point one percent. It is only so. slightly the likelihood of of a parent leaving a child
1: behind in an airport. Let me re- hold on. Is Pause. The likelihood bland. of a good parent leaving. I, I think that they kind of demonstrate in the movies that these parents are frantic all over the place, and I think you, they kind of have to do that and. They are garbage parents.
2: They are garbage. There is no...
0: Like, for, for the first movie, for the premise of yeah. the first movie to even take place, Yeah, garbage parents. The fact that the parents themselves... I mean, as a teacher, I've taken kids on field trips, and you need to look every kid in the eye and make sure that they're all there. And those are not even your kids, and I'm not going on international travel. If you're internationally traveling, first of all, if you get if you are that far behind, you didn't set your alarm, there's a... There was, uh, you know, a storm the night the night before that sets off all of the electricity. Somebody would have woken up and been like, yo, hey, the electricity went out. Like, somebody w- – wait, there's not a single person who wakes up at 6 a.m. in that family
2: that says, <laughs> yo, the electricity went out. Everybody, wait. Hey, wake up.
0: Whatever. We'll put that aside. Right. These parents would have to at least account for their own children and say, hey – Everybody figure out where your own kids are. We're not right. going to do a head count of 12 kids or whatever it is. We're going to say, everybody figure out what's going on with your three or four children. Right. And then we'll get there. So the fact that that doesn't no, no, no. even happen in the first one, it makes makes the first <laughs> to, in, in and of itself is
1: completely to unbelievable. Be, to be clear, I'm not making the argument that the parents are good or that, you know, whatever. The The, the point that I'm making is, the, is, yes, I think we're on the same page that parents – Equals garbage and that the mistake That they made most parents Would never I mean I don't think any parent would ever make that But then The fact that they could possibly Make that same exact Mistake again I think It really tells You it really invites you to suspend that belief Okay I I, I guess what I'm
0: saying is yeah. It's as though we're comparing Thor to Captain America We're, we're saying I'm Saying that both premises are Completely unbelievable and 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 we're starting from a place where you're already starting. We're already seeing that this is an unbelievable premise. Now let's now how fun is this movie? Where yeah, maybe the idea of Captain America, where you have super soldier serum, might be slightly more believable than a person coming in from outer space. But both are completely unbelievable in my mind. No, no. So then it's like, which one is which one does it better? No, no,
1: no. no. So, but, but I think it's an important point still to to, to talk about. Because... You are
0: slightly more believable. Slightly.
1: Okay. But they're both unbelief. No, no, no. no, no. No, Hear me out. Hear me out. It's not about the suspending disbelief. Maybe I haven't been doing justice to what I'm trying to say. It's not about... Like, with most movies, you're going to suspend disbelief in some way because you're, you're seeking to be entertained. You're seeking to escape reality, right? But it's not about the fact that you have to suspend disbelief. I think it's about how you get to suspending disbelief like what's the ride like as the viewer in the first one in the first one i feel like they do a really good job of showing you how you could get there like okay you see there's a frantic fa- family they're, they're setting up this this story in a way where there's all these people they're clearly not the most organized people sure they're in a hurry they're in a rush right they're just like let's get from point a to point b all these it's chaos right And even though you've decided to suspend disbelief, you're in this universe that you know wouldn't happen. Within the rules of that universe, you are now in a place of believing it could happen, right? Yeah. The first one, and I don't know if I'm articulating this well, you're in an imaginary universe, quote-unquote. Within the rules set by the universe, it's believable. In the second one, even though you've suspended disbelief within the rules of that universe, it feels like a stretch that that would happen again. Does does that make sense what Uh, I'm trying to say? I completely get what you're saying. You're saying
0: we have this horrible family. We could believe that this completely unrealistic thing would happen once, but I refuse to believe that it could happen twice.
1: That's what you're saying. and, And especially with how... Like the emotional roller coaster they take you on in the first one, with the mom being stressed and getting on well, the truck. I think they you. do the same thing in the second one. They no, take no, no, you no, no, no. on the same roller coaster ride in the second one. No, no, am no, I'm, I'm not again, I'm not saying the second movie's bad. I, I think the second movie's a fun movie. The question is which one is better? And and this is the, but one bullet point that I'm that I'm digging into. I think it's your only bullet point. No, no, I it's, think it's the only argument that you can make. It's okay, not, keep going. Keep okay. Going, keep going. It's it's the one that I'm on right now. Yeah, okay. Um, sure. I think that Within the rules of this universe, the mom went through such a traumatic experience. The le- it's like she learned nothing. The second one, it's like, it's like the second one disregards the entire lesson of the first one. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. Okay, yeah. so, so it's almost like the second movie is beginning by saying, you know, what we learned in the first movie doesn't matter. So I think it almost is a slap in the face to the first movie now okay oh yeah big backhand slap across the face to
0: the first movie. yeah yeah the second one makes the first one it's it's uh you know what the, <laughs> s- the second movie goes hey first one you you sit down we're gonna take it from here you're exactly right
1: <laughs> yeah and you know what i actually meant um <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah i'll stop there for now and i'll let you respond
0: it sounds to me as though you are judging a roller coaster by the click 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 up the hill. The click 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 up the hill is not what anybody remembers about a roller coaster. It's not what anyone cares about about the roller coaster. You don't think anticipation matters? It's the once the roller coaster gets going, is it fun? Is this roller coaster? I think they're both important. To be clear, I think they're both important. I think that everything that happens before Kevin becoming. Home Alone is better in the first one. It might be better in the first one,
1: but it's not what we judge the movie by. That's fair. okay. And, Here's and what I so saying. you're you're really dwelling on No, no, no. The I, setup. I'm 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 starting my argument on the setup and I think we both agree that the before the Home Alone part of the Home Alone movies is better in the first one. But I think it's not even memorable in either. I I think that when when
0: you if you said to somebody on the street Hey, you ever seen Home Alone? They say, "Oh, I've seen it a dozen times." Of course, I love the movie Home Alone. And you say, "Okay, what's your favorite part?" Nobody is going to say, "Oh, when Bud spilled milk on the tickets when they were eating, or when when Kevin spilled the milk on the tickets when they're eating pizza in the first scene." That's not that's not what anybody cares about. That's it's when he all of the antics he does while he's Home Alone is the movie. the The first ten minutes of the movie is just a, a slapditch attempt to try to. Make the last hour and 20 minutes remotely plausible. And the first, sure, the first movie sticks the landing on the first 10 minutes a little bit better than the second one. But I'm saying that neither of them, the first 10 minutes, don't even matter. You could switch them and make the
1: last half, make the last hour and 20 minutes of the movie. Here's where I'm going to agree with you is that what happens from the Home Alone on is more important. But I don't think that what happens before the Home Alone part is unimportant. And I think it sounds like we both agree that the the beginning, of the, the intro of Home Alone 1 is better than the intro to Home Alone 2. Now I think we can take the rest of the argument to the bulk of the movie. And I would say that the first ten minutes
0: of the first one aren't necessarily better than the first ten minutes of the second one. It's just a, we kind of did the exact same thing in the first one. It's just like you're kind of running back. You're like saying... You're basically saying, we're making the same movie, but we're going to take diverging paths. Which, if you never watched the first one, if you never watched the first one, and you were judging the second one just on the body of work that it is... I will agree with you that the second movie could stand stand alone. Yeah. The second movie could stand alone. And and I, I will agree that the fact that they did the same thing twice, it's like, okay, you gotta be kidding me. They did the same thing twice. So maybe you say the first 10 minutes of yours is a 7 out of 10 and the first 10 minutes of mine is a 6 out of 10. But that's going to – once we start arguing about the body of the movie, it's like, okay, well, the second one is way more fun. Well, it's like, oh, would you rather watch this kid – have all of these experiences in in New York where he can go into toy stores and he can go to Central Park and he can go order pizza and he's in this in the Ritz hotel and is he again you have these amazing cameos by superstars in the second one and the first one is like he's just in his house
1: oh he ordered a pizza well, you to can his say house. anything with the tone like that and make it okay, top, well you you no, can he's just a... he's just in like this like this abandoned
0: Hotel what's order. the most exciting thing that What's the most exciting thing he does in the first movie, other than setting up the booby traps for the for the criminals? Other than setting up the booby traps for the criminals, what is the most fun, exciting thing that happens in the first movie? Go.
1: Oh, he steals the toothbrush, and there's this, there's this, there's this chase. I mean,
0: you when you say other that's than that's in the second one. No, no, it's in the first one. Go ahead, tell me about how in the first one he steals the toothbrush. Go ahead, walk me through that story. That's yeah. from the second movie.
1: No, it's actually from the first
0: one. Whose toothbrush does this do?
1: He's at a convenience store. Yeah? And he asked them... In Central Park? Th- near Central Park? No, 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 no. He's in Ch- he's in Chicago. We can... I mean, you can Google it. Okay, he, keep going, dude. He goes to the convenience I'm store. I'm going to look at the camera. Look you, at the, the confidence the on this man. I just watched this movie recently. So he was in a convenience store, and he said, Is this toothbrush... Um, uh, ADA approved? Approved by the Dental Association or whatever. Sure, and yeah. she goes... Uh, I don't know. And she calls the store manager over and the store manager says, I I don't know. And then, and then the bearded guy with the shovel walks up and puts his hand on the counter and he looks up at him and he gets freaked out and he backs away.
2: He does that. That's in the second one. And then he runs across the street and into the ice
1: rink, right? And the security guard chases him. That's actually the first one, Benji. That's in the second one. It's in the first one.
2: That's a Central Park.
1: Okay, so hold on a minute. That's when they recognize it. It's not Central Park. kid that they already terrorized in the first one. No, no, no. <laughs> I think we need to Google this because that actually happened in the first one. Because the bearded guy would be sh- against the spirit. It would be against the spirit of the. No, no. no. I think because th- this is a, a clarifying point that we need answered because you believe it's in your movie, but it, it's actually in mine. Okay, keep talking. Okay, you keep making your arguments while I look this up. Okay, so he- okay in the first movie, and I won't hide the resp- if if I'm wrong, I won't I won't hide it. All right, all right, all right. So so in that one. There's a, there's a, there, one of the workers at the store goes, stop that guy. And a security guard chases him and he runs through this ice rink and the security guard slips on the ice rink. And then, um, yeah. And and he escapes and he steals a toothbrush and, and, and then on his way back from that, that's when Harry and Marv are driving Mm -hmm. their van and they almost run over him and he walks to the side and he goes, get home safe. And Marv smiles. And he see the he sees the golden tooth, and that's when he get, he remembers the golden tooth from when he was in his house as a security guard, and he runs away, and he goes, "I don't like the way that he looked at me, Marv or Harry." I, I don't like the way he looked at me. He's like, "What do you mean?" So they follow him home, mm-hmm. and they see he's that talking. he's they see that he's at that house, and they learn that he's home alone. He's home alone. He's home alone. He's home alone.
0: It is in the first one. <laughs> you win that argument. You win that argument. <laughs> so that is probably off the top. That was a Mandela effect in my brain. I'm I'm sorry. You you are correct on that. So off I thought for sure that was him running across the street towards Central Park and that's when they're like, "Oh,
1: that's the kid that we saw last year." And they chase him into Central Park. No, so what you're probably thinking is in the second one because I I also really like the second one. He's walking out of that store where he, that old guy with the turtle doves. Yeah. And the toy store, yeah, Yeah, the toy store. and he, and he bumps into Harry and Marv, and that's when Harry and Marv say, "We remember." It. What is he doing in New York? Yeah, and they chase, and then they chase him. I think I've seen and, that going more recently than the yeah. first one. I thought so. We- the security guard doesn't chase him. Marv and Harry chase him, and then he screams really loud, and then they freak out, and you know. When in the movie, what's the what's the
0: context of him needing to leave to get a toothbrush? Why did he need to get a toothbrush?
1: In the first movie? Yeah. Um, I think in the first movie... Did they just he, need an excuse to get him out of the house? Yeah, I think he... And he does go grocery shopping at another point. Remember, he's walking home with the groceries, and they, like, rip through the bags, and he's like... Man, this is all a, very that's, unmemorable. That's a second trip that he... <laughs> a nice argument point. Um, but um, there's a couple times where he gets out of the house. And he's I know like, that he goes to the church with the old man. He's going to the church, and yeah. he hides in the nativity set. Yep. All right. Hides, yep. That's... Well, he hides in the nativity set after he realizes that Harry and Marv are following him. Um, but but I, I mean all of the, the phone, sorry. yeah. Um, basically all of the jokes from the second one, like the traps, the I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your nasty carcass off my yeah sure. Yeah. All of that is from the like all the things that you love about the second movie happen in the first movie, and and it really builds that culture, builds that presence. And, and, and I think that in terms of like, okay, when I'm defining better movie, better movie, meaning, okay, here's the criteria, more relatable story makes more sense. It's funny. Um, and it's, it's, it's a timeless lasting movie. I mean, home alone, people watch home alone every single year. Yeah. they watch home alone two every year. Sure. But without home alone one, home alone two wouldn't be there. And without a new hope
0: empire strikes back. Wouldn't be there. Sure. I'm, I'm. we're not arguing that the second one would happen without the first frankly I mean the second one could if, if they had the idea that he would get lost in New York before they had the idea of him getting lost in his own house they might have opted to make that storyline if they would have had that idea first Yeah. that being said Here's what you're right you are right that a lot of the second movie is like let's run back the stuff we did in the first movie yeah. I agree with you there I would say that they do those things better in the second one. They say, okay, we we made the first one. Let's make the second one. We'll basically do the same thing, but we'll make it more fun. We'll make it more funny. We'll make it more intense. We'll make it more appealing. I see both of these movies kind of like how I was seeing with Willy Wonka. They are live-action cartoons. You are suspending disbelief in the first place to believe that Any of this could even happen. And once I have established that these are live action cartoons, the second one is a better cartoon. It just is. Now, if you watch the first one and then you immediately watch the second one, you might be left with a feeling of, okay, well, I just watched this. Why am I watching the second one? But if you're saying, it's the holidays, I'm going to put on one of these two movies you're going to put on the second one because the second one is just a more fun version of the first one. The, the traps in the house are just 10% better. The, the experiences of him being home alone and doing his goofy stuff is just 10% better. And the first one might be 10% more realistic, but I don't think we were signing up to watch home alone because it's a realistic movie. If it were a realistic movie, it would be a lot darker and grittier than it is. And Kevin would probably end up murdered. <laughs> I'm glad it's not realistic. And I think that the second one, if we're saying that this, these are a fireworks show, the second one is more
1: impressive of a fireworks show than the first one is. So it sounds like you're defining better movie as what's the better cartoon. but More the entertaining to watch. Is my definition of a better Your definition, okay. I am
0: more entertained. I enjoyed sitting down on the couch and watching this ninety-minute presentation more in the second one than the first one. It brings more to the table. You're spending less time locked in a house. You're you're out in New York. You've, as I said, I'm going to keep bringing up the cameos. The cameos are. A- Huge selling point of the second one. Cameo and going, I love you is freaking great, man. Rob Schneider, Rob Schneider wanting his tip and Kevin giving him gum, and you know, like the fact that he steals the credit card and he's got the Walkman thing that that he, he changes the voice to make it sound like his dad when he loves it
1: when he signs into the hotel. Like it's it's awesome. So I don't know that cameos inherently make a movie better. Not inherently, but in this but in this situation they do. Why? Why, why is it, in this situation, different than other situations? The cameo in and of itself
0: doesn't make it better. You're bringing in actors that are great comedic actors, and they make the beats funnier. Rob Schneider, being there, because he's a funny actor, makes that bellhop character a funnier character, a more enjoyable one to watch. I don't watch it, like especially at the time I wouldn't be watching it and be like, Hey, Rob Schneider! Ha 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 ha! It's Rob Schneider! But Rob Schneider is a good comedy actor, and so when he's on the screen, he's gonna create more comedic beats. Tim Curry is gonna create more comedic beats um, and funnier moments. There's there's no analog in the first movie to that. The Pizza Boy, that's maybe the only co- who. What other humans, other than other than Kevin, Marv, Harry, and the person that they judge whether it's the shovel man or the right. or the bird the, lady. the creepy person yeah the creepy if we person got the same
1: formula yeah
0: if we have the same formula and we, we're isolating the variables what other variables come into play in the first movie the pizza
1: boy is one right who else pizza boy well then there's the convenience store right sure yeah okay the, the toothbrush memorable yeah it is memorable and not for you apparently the the <laughs> p- Stop. john candy
0: isn't the first one okay? Yeah, you know what? Tip my hat to a John Candy. Yeah, I, I do like a John Candy. Yep, I do ahead. like. I do. I. I will. I will concede when there's, I, I, just like you said, Home Alone two is is a great movie. Home Alone one is also a great movie. And yeah. her riding home with the poke band is fun. Yeah, that it's was fun. fun, right? But it's like five minutes of the movie. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you were to add up the time, but be, I, but
0: you I the, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think a lot of people would be like oh yeah, John Candy is in that movie. They wouldn't be like, Home Alone is great because John Candy's in
1: it. Yeah, and I don't think people would say Home Alone 2 is great because Rob Chiner's in it. I think they would. I think think
0: this might be talking out my butt. You are talking out your butt. I think that more people would say Home Alone 2 is great because Tim Curry
1: is in it than would say Home Alone 1 is great because John Candy is in it. I don't think Home Alone 1 needs a cameo for it to be great. I think it's a bonus that it has a cameo of John Candy, whereas Home Alone 2, like, if people are saying that, why are they saying that? Well, I mean, because it's because in Home Alone
0: 2, he gets out of the house, so we get these opportunities to meet other people. But it shouldn't need to be great because there's a cameo in it. It should be great because it's a good movie. Well, it is a good movie, and it is great because it's, yeah, a good movie. It, it's just less claustrophobic. And he gets out of the house, and he's gonna meet these people, and these people that he runs into, they're not used as they're, they're they didn't pull in star power just to be like, oh man, this movie sucks. We better bring in Tim Curry. But he runs into other people, and those people happen to be played by great comedic actors, and it makes it better. I mean, if you if you say I've got a movie that has Tim Curry and a movie that doesn't have Tim Curry, I'm gonna pick the movie that has Tim Curry because Tim Curry's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Tim Curry was a human prop. Nor do I think Rob Schneider was a human prop. Donald Trump was a human prop. I sure, will, yeah. Donald Trump was absolutely a human yeah. prop in that movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But but Tim Car Tim Tim, Carey, Tim Curry Tim Curry Rob Carey. Schneider the lady from Beetlejuice those yeah. are just like great actors that they brought in. Just like John Candy, right? They, they're they're great actors playing the role yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah, it's hard to argue against John Candy, but it's also hard to argue against Tim Curry.
1: Yeah, they're great. So, I don't know that I have many other new arguments to bring, but I think my closing statement would be um, that the second one wouldn't be good without the premise of the first one. So that, that's one bullet point. The second one being, the, the first one is a more, granted, granted that you're suspending disbelief in both of them, within the rules of that universe that you're suspending disbelief in, the first one is more realistic. It's more believable. It's more like, okay, that makes sense that this could happen. And, and, you know, all the things that make the second one great that you've argued, the cameos, the memorable things outside of the house, like, it also has those things. So, I have, I think that I'll pass it on to you. Sure. To have your closing statement.
0: Realism is mitigated in the second one. The ending... Actually, even the even the beating up of the criminals, the idea that they're surviving,
1: in in both, is pretty unrealistic. And and I agree that I think that they would survive if what happens in the first one. Not it, that that's a good argument. That's a good movie. But I do think that they could survive what happened in the sure
0: yeah. but in neither of which are they making it past like the first two minutes of the torture that they're going through yeah. I do think that that the the booby traps in the second one probably would have killed an actual person yeah. more so than the first one would the bricks and the electrocution but I also yeah. think that as soon as they grab the flaming red hot door handle in the first one the criminals are leaving and saying this is not worth our time yeah that being said if you if they we're the same trap
1: again in the second one if
0: we're if we're going under the hood, of these movies the second one takes place in this abandoned shack where there's actually like holes to fall through in floors there's actually power tools there's actually stuff where it's like okay you could conceivably make a death trap out of this house that's in a complete renovation stage whereas it's like he's using toys and tarantulas toys and tarantulas that happen this tarantula that happens to be in the right place at the end I don't think, I don't think that the broken ornaments would mess with your feet the way that he acts. Then also, the idea that in the first one, all of this stuff happens, and then the next morning, the house is perfectly clean, with with no evidence that anything happened, a mere seven minutes, with, or seven minutes, seven hours later, with a, a nine-year-old boy, is Absolutely preposterous. Meanwhile, in the second one, there's no cleanup necessary. He bails from his aunt's house or whatever it is, where all of this chaos happened. He goes back to the Plaza Hotel, where Mr. Duncan has done all of the nice things to say. Mr. Duncan, that was his name, yeah. Mr. Duncan has sent all the toys and the nice Christmas tree and all of that. So it is completely believable. Uh, In a world of unbelievable, it is much more believable to think... He was in this hotel. He left this hotel to go to this ramshackled place that was under construction. And then after all of that happened, he went back to the hotel. It's nice, Mr. Duncan, who owns a toy store, sent them toys. And that's, and that's where his family meets him. That is a much more believable ending than he just... This house literally got torn to pieces. There was a flamethrower that went off inside the house and didn't set the curtains on fire. That's something that happened in the first one. If we're going to talk about unbelievable premises. It happened too. Second... Okay. Th- I would believe that a flamethrower could go off in that under-construction building, and it's not causing problems. That flamethrower was, like, inches from the door and the curtains and doesn't catch anything on fire. Nonsense. But regardless, the movie ends in a hotel room that's completely separated from the chaos the night before, where in the first one... The movie ends in the same house where all of that happened, and the parents were none the wiser. That is, I mean, that's not. I mean,
1: you can you can make the, that case all you
0: want, David. But I think in the, it, David agree that that's nonsense.
1: In the realm of, if if we're taking okay, if if we're agreeing, the fact that you made that case tells me that you agree that realistic is an important criteria. I would would say that the first half of the... Hold on. Okay, Okay. Okay. let let me finish my thought. Let let me finish my thought. The fact that you made that part of your argument tells me that you agree that realism is an important piece of criteria, and I think anyone listening who's seen both movies can agree that the first movie overall is more realistic than the second movie.
0: I would say that the first half of the first movie is more realistic, and the second half of the second movie is more realistic. But we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, I think that realism... the realism benefits of yours are mitigated by the realism benefits of the end of mine. We'll let the listeners decide. So are we agreeing to disagree at this point? We're agreeing to disagree at this point. So if you just watched this and, uh, go watch home alone one and two yourself and watch them in either order. It doesn't matter. I watch them in either order. Watch them in either order. In fact, if you're trying to empirically prove which one of us you agree with more, it's probably better to flip a coin and decide which one you watch first and just decide which one you like more. I think that's
1: fair, yeah.
0: Because I think if you watched Home Alone 2 before you watched Home Alone 1, you wouldn't think that it's as unrealistic of a premise because you'd be like, oh, they just left their kid.
1: Well, I think the fact that the title of Home Alone 2 is Home Alone 2, you you would already know going into it (laughs) that it takes place after Home Alone 1. Sure, sure. But the...
0: If you watch them in sequence, and this can be an epilogue to whatever. If we watch them in sequence, you're going to be like, well, I just watched this. But if we're saying as standalone movies, which one is better? If I was only going to watch one of them during my holiday
1: season, I would watch Home Alone 2. And because I would watch Home fun. Alone 1. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. So tell us who you think had the most... And remember, um, you don't know what our actual opinions are because we had a side to take. It could very well be that we happened to get the side we agree with or not. But our job was to convince you that the side we had, we were right. Who do you think did a better job of making the argument? That's one half of it. The other half of it is not only do you think it was right, but which movie do you actually like more? Sure. Um, I think that would be worth learning from them as well. Make two comments below. Yeah. What, who do you think made a better case and which movie do you like more? Absolutely. Yeah. Home Alone 2.
0: Home Alone 1. Better. Lost in New York, not not <laughs> stuck in your house. In but town. I think
1: we can both agree that Home Alone Three is forgettable. Oh, there are no Home Alones after two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, th- and I think where Benji and I can agree is that both Home Alone movies are great movies. Yeah, I completely agree. Bo- completely. both meaning the only two relevant Home Alone movies. Yeah, they're yeah. don't even try. If yeah. it's not Macaulay Culkin, it's not. Home Alone. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I would be interested in watching a Home Alone, a sequel where Macaulay Culkin is the parent. Oh, that okay. would be an interesting... and where he makes the same mistake—that <laughs> <as laughs> <Harris.
2: laughs> would be equally equally
1: Ridiculous unbelievable on the right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but worth watching. I think. Yeah,
0: the idea that you would go on an international flight and Marvin Harry are somehow still the ro- <laughs> Joe Pesci still alive, right? I think so. Who's Is the there... other actor? Uh, 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 hold on. I know it, Daniel Stern. That would be. They're both still alive, I think. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin's still alive. Catherine yeah. O'Hara's still he's alive. He's got a
1: star in Hollywood, I think. Macaulay Culkin. That's pretty... Oh, yeah, and Catherine yeah. O'Hara was there with him, yeah. I think, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: Is the dad... He's the he's the least prolific actor yeah. of, of the, of like, the immediate families. Yeah. I, I don't know if he was there. I, I feel like the vast majority of the star power in Home Alone is still alive.
1: How could they... They they could get a reunion movie. They totally could. And people would watch but it. You, they, they would watch it. I wonder if, you know, like um like Dumb and Dumber, like it's one of like it's one of those things where you don't want to dampen something by making a sequel and having it not live up. I think if you did a if
0: you did another Home Alone movie that included Macaulay Culkin, it would do well. Not only would it do well, what the way you would have to do it. You don't you you would bring in there would be another kid involved. There would have to be kids, maybe multiple kids, but it would have to be Macaulay Culkin and his whole family. Kevin and the whole family are in there together dealing with the bandits Yeah, um, or in whatever fish out of water scenario that they're home alone. But I think you, you can't say Kevin is the deadbeat or Kevin is deadbeat parent. Kevin is the parent. He would have to be part of it. He would have to be part of everything. Hey, I've been through this before with these guys. Let's all come up with a plan together. Another
1: level up, like a, um, like a money heist thing. Like they're robbing a bank and he's like a hostage or something sure and the whole yeah. family is
0: there and they have yeah. to escape together.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they could do it.
1: I think they could too.
0: But I do think Kevin would have to be A the role. the main person throughout it and the and the kids are more it of an appendage. To,
1: yeah. It yeah. would have to be centered around Kevin would yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: So is it New Line? Who who does the who did it's it? New Line, I think. New Line Cinemas? Yeah. So Whatever it was. If you're listening, New Make line. it again. New do Line it. Cinemas. If you're yeah. <laughs> Are they still around? <laughs> Home Alone Nine featuring oh, actual Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. I feel like you could get him. You, you could you throw can... an amount of money at totally. Macaulay Culkin that he would say yes he to. He would do it.
1: What has he done lately? Meth. <laughs> exactly.
0: I think he's gotten his life together though. Yeah. I think, I think so. recently he's he's on the straight and narrow. I think so.
1: He's got a family, I think
0: still think he could be talked into doing it. I
1: think he could. Movie. I think he would. And I think everybody I think else. Could. Hara could be in it. Yeah, the whole family. So anyway, it'll be a
0: good cash grab. Yeah.
1: All right. We'll so call on that... that note, I think we we came to the conclusion that Home Alone is two. better than Home Alone Two. Home Alone Two is better. So than Home Alone One. We'll let the audience decide. David, do you Does have any you?
0: final thoughts in regards to uh to Christmas or the holiday season as a whole? just merry christmas benji merry christmas to you too david it it has been a delight talking about our holiday traditions and and our holiday opinions throughout all of this uh likewise regardless of our arguments about about home alone and which one's better
1: regardless of me being right you know (laughs) (laughs) well
0: i wish you this is your second christmas as a dad it is but the first christmas you had like an infant
1: Right, so, th- like, I-, I like to say that, like, the like last year, it was like we had a, a potato.
0: Yeah. Whereas, the- <laughs> like, you were opening up Amelia's
1: presents. Yeah. This um, year, she'll be excited and have expressions. And, and she happy. can rip open p- wrapping paper on she'll her She'll have, own. like, somewhat of an understanding of what's happening. You gotta be excited about that, right? Very excited. Yeah. E- even though it's, like, pretty much guaranteed she won't remember it, like, in a couple years. Sure. She'll be, like, interactive this year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It-
0: it doesn't matter if she's gonna remember it. Yeah. She's going I'll to have more it. personality. Yeah. She'll still be excited in real time. Totally. Yeah. The pictures will still be will be much cuter this year than
1: they yes. were last year. Yeah. And but don't get me wrong, like last year was also very magical. It was amazing to be a dad. But um it's just gonna be totally different this year. It'll be a good experience. Absolutely. Well, well thank you for that.
0: Merry Christmas to you,
1: David, and to your you. family. And
0: Amen. I hope that you have a, a wonderful holiday.
1: Likewise. I hope you do too as well, Benji. Thank you very much.
0: Well, listener, I hope that you enjoyed this holiday uh festivity that we put together uh today.
1: Likewise, I think I think we did a good job. Yes. Yeah, we had the lights up and there's blue in the lights, so I mean, that's pretty good. So, I think I think that's uh, I think that's
0: it. Jingle jingle, merry christmas
1: to all and to all a good night. And by the way, the blue is not indigo.
0: It is violet.
1: It's violet. Dang it. Yeah. It is This is as blue as a violet. This is blue as a violet. Alright, goodbye. Bye, love you all. (laughs) By the way, for the record, I do like the second one more. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got the short on it. Were know. you
0: listening to my arguments and you're like, damn it. Like, like, oh, I'm like, i hope just still running.
1: running. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's oh, all you have
1: it on record.